0: You see Chicago's Game Day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
1: He was going the right way! Cohen all the way! Touchdown, Chicago! me well, he, he goes right... Oh, stop it, Samson! Did you not get the memo? He ain't wow. came for the massage, he came for the facial! Oh my goodness!
0: Chicago's Game Day.
1: home! Hanson...
0: He escapes again, and he's got plenty of room to run. Look at him go! There's the athleticism for the rookie. Back toward the wall. It's gone. This is Chicago's game day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
2: Welcome in, Fred Hubner, along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. I'm laughing already. We just started. We got three more hours to go. Should we express why I'm laughing? Well, yeah.
3: I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Edzo, it's not our fault that there's no hockey highlight there. All right? You take it up with Ostrowski, all right? He's still on this, huh? Yeah. I'm just saying, just watch yourself, Eric, because Edzo always listens, and uh, he's going to be coming at you. Thanks for the money, Edzo. He was quite upset about it last week. I heard him. So I kind of, when the
4: Open
2: started, I looked at Black, and I said, we got a hockey highlight in this? He goes,
4: nope. Don't think
2: so. (laughs) So Eddie, it's not, not our fault. It's Eric's fault. Just, just
4: keep listening. At some point, there'll be one. Just keep.
2: Oh, okay, in. all
3: right. Time spent listening.
2: Let's go. do it. All right, let's go. listen for the hockey horn again. Eddie did give you. Uh, he gave you the three five in the ninth race at Delmar yesterday. Uh, he gave you the three win in place. It came in second. The five one. He gave you a three five exact. to paid thirteen bucks for a dollar. I played it for two dollars. So I won twenty six bucks. So that's, a, that's always a good thing. Pretty
3: good, Fred.
4: I was regret not putting more down. And so was I. Because like, I'm yeah. like, you know, I was like, oh, it won. And I'm like, I should have put more money on yeah. this. <laughs> he, he's always, I mean, he's not always, right? No, the but, week
2: before he didn't win. Yeah. So I had to actually put more money in my account. So, Steady as she goes, guys. That's how you have to play it. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. Fun to look at. Fun to watch. Uh, more fun than the Cubs were yesterday. Albert Almora had a really bad day. Not as bad as Jose Quintana's day, but oh. Albert Almora had uh, a miserable day. I was I was looking and watching the game. Almora yesterday, uh, he's got a tough series. He's 0 for 8. Uh, he's seen 14 pitches. Over uh, those eight at bats, he bounced into two double plays yesterday. Yeah, he's uh, he's struggling just a bit. And you mentioned it, Adam. We'll take your phone calls talking Cubs baseball and even White Sox baseball and uh, this whole thing that's going on with the Bears and Roquan Smith. We get a lot to talk about. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. But you look at it, and the Cubs—the last seven runs they've scored have all been homers. The Bodie two-run homer, the Rizzo homer. The Rizzo and Baez in the first loss to St. Louis. And then the Baez two-run shot yesterday. So they have not scored a run without a home run since before Bodie's homer.
4: Well, if you take out that come-from-behind win, too, where they scored Mm -hmm. seven runs, they've scored eight runs in their last five games. Yeah, you need to do better than
2: that to win games, especially if your pitching's not going to help you out. I don't know if you guys were surprised. I was surprised yesterday when I heard that the Cubs were going to put uh, Tyler Chatwood in the bullpen and start Cole Hamels on Wednesday. Um, They say that Tyler Chatwood would be available Tuesday. If you're Joe Madden and you know how many walks Tyler Mm -hmm. Chatwood, you can't put him in unless the game's a blowout, can you?
3: No. (laughs) Mop up to duty, right? Right.
2: I mean, that's about it. Go
3: ahead. Well, I was going to say that news broke after you guys were off the air yesterday, and we were on the air when it happened, Mm -hmm. and our our initial response was exactly that. He walks the world. How is he going to come out of the bullpen and help you at all? Right. Uh so I I don't see it uh working out but you know I guess is it more of an idea that Montgomery is going well now and they don't know how much more they can get from him as a starter? What? So they're trying to you know, wring the towel and get as much out of him as a starter right now, hoping that they can move him to the bullpen some, t- some other time. Chatwood could figure it out in the bullpen, and then when he comes back to the rotation, he's actually decent. Well, Jesse, we had Jesse on yesterday, and he can elaborate more on this when
4: he joins us at 9.30, but he said that... The reason it's Chatwood is because Chatwood can work on more in the bullpen than he can getting in a routine and starting every five days. You can take more time off. You can work on specific things as opposed to when guys pitch every five days they're getting into a routine. They've got bullpen sessions. They're getting work in. They're working out. They've got scheduled rest and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if you're in the bullpen, he can come in in a blowout game and right. work on a few things if he wants to. He can work on more in his bullpen session because he's not in that routine of, I need to pitch five innings or more every five days. You know, the only problem is, though, the
2: Cubs have had uh, situations where their, their starting pitcher gives up a lot of runs and their bullpen has to come in, like yesterday. And I mean, can top- stayed out there after he gave up six in the first inning. The last five innings of the game, the Cub pitchers, and went. they went five innings, allowed three hits, a walk, and six strikeouts. They didn't allow any more runs when they came in. So they pitched really well. It's going to have to be a really big blowout to get Tyler Chatwood in the game.
4: Yeah. And it's He's got to like, be like the last guy you're going to bring in from the ball. Well, I mean, right. you can bring him in instead of having
3: Rizzo pitch or having Bobby pitch right, or, right. That might I mean, be about in, it. Like that, that's not going to happen very often. No, I, that's the thing. Is, is I don't
4: know. You go up, you give up six runs in the first inning. I I, I turned oh. on the game and it was six to nothing, and I was like, oh, we're going to see some position players pitch
3: today, aren't we?
2: But then, yeah, they, they, but then the bullpen shut everybody down. The, yeah, the problem was they just couldn't do anything offensively against Mikolas yesterday.
3: Fred, let me ask you this: uh, How come the Cubs are the first team in on-base percentage yet they can't score runs? I know,
2: I, and you know, well, yesterday was was a rare day. They were only 0 for one with runners in scoring position because they couldn't right. get anybody hey, in scoring so position. They only had seven got, hits. They got like nobody on yesterday. I mean, it was just it was almost the opposite. I mean, because they've had problems getting runners in when they've got them in scoring position. Yesterday, 0-for-1 for one so they weren't getting anybody on and i don't know you know we talk so much and uh there's there's a um, wannabe Hall of Famer that wants to talk a little bit about baseball later <laughs> on. I'll read some of his quotes and comments, and which, Hall which, of Famer. which I agree with actually some of them. Um, oh,
4: I've got I've got a problem with your sport again again, Fred. We've got a we've got a, we've got an old guy. We've got some I know dueling, who it is. We've got dueling, uh, dueling old guys, old guys. Yeah. yelling about baseball. You're mad at the, the wannabe Hall of Famer with the big we white hat. To,
3: yeah. Oh no. And, and get...
4: I'm mad at an announcer. Well, yeah, actually, even a pair of
2: announcers. We'll get to all that around ten thirty when we get our uh, MLB notebook. And then uh, we got a whole half hour to talk about weird, (laughs) weird happenings and uh, guys not being informed. And you know what happens, too, because when you're on the the radio and we'll just I just talk about this for a second. When you're on the radio, you're on TV or even you're on Twitter, you react to something when you hear it. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you find out what the information is, and the details, and you say, "Okay, well, maybe I jumped to a conclusion there. And uh, we'll see if if those uh, old guys uh, announced that they jumped to a conclusion. Uh, it is Hall of Fame Day today. Jim Tomey going in for um, the White Sox and all the other teams that he played for. Chipper Jones, Vlad Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, and also Jack Morris and Alan Trammell. And Bob Costas is going in uh, in the as the uh, Ford Frick Broadcasting Wing of the uh, Hall of Fame. So that's actually the, those are usually fun to watch to see what they have to say. Uh, do you guys watch the Hall of Fame
4: inductions?
3: Absolutely not. No. And uh, Fred, the thing that I would—I uh, haven't either. <laughs> the not first, not. The yeah. first
4: I, Hall of Fame induction I'll watch is when I go to Canton on well, Friday. Okay. You know, okay. on Saturday, watch the speeches. Okay. Here's
3: the thing with the, the different sports: is the, the nice thing with the NFL in the NBA's is, is it's taking place in the off season where. Baseball. There are going to be baseball games on today. Yes, there are. So why would you watch the Hall of Fame induction when you know you can watch live baseball? I, I think that that's always like an odd thing. They should do the Hall of Fame ceremony the week of the All-Star Yeah, break. why wasn't right.
4: this on Wednesday, the
3: Wednesday sure. where there's nothing going or, or, on? Or hold on, if, if, if it's... Why not do it before the home run derby? Or like yeah. you know, like coincide with that week's right. events. It's it's odd to me that we can sit down today and what do you know what time the events start yeah. today? Uh it starts I want to say at noon. Okay, they start at noon. So in major league baseball today, at noon, there are I've got games what, to watch today. There's, there's like eight it's games that, that start. Yeah. So if you're a true baseball fan, yeah, you're gonna want to see Jim Tomey, Vlad Guerrero, Chipper Jones get in. But but the thing is, if you're a casual fan and you like baseball, you probably just no. want to watch baseball, right? Yeah, you're not gonna watch them. I, I mean, and I
2: DVR'd them just because yeah. I'm gonna do the same thing. When I get home, I'll watch. You know, the White Sox play this afternoon. There are a bunch of other games going on that I'll watch, and I'll just check back and forth. And after Tomei's done, then I'll go back and rewind it and see if yeah, there's anything interesting You know, interesting I'm, not, I'm not
3: trying to be a hater on the, on the no. idea. I just don't get why it's taking place while there's actual baseball going on, because I'd rather watch teams play. Like the Dodgers and the Braves, they play at 1235. Right. That, that to me, is an interesting matchup where I don't want to see someone just give a speech. No, yeah, like, and you're you not know, gonna watch you that know game. in the day of social media that people will just tweet out the link of here's the quote from Jim Tomey that right. everyone's talking about. Here's when Somey broke down. Yeah, yeah, right. Like you oh, don't okay. need to see the whole thing. So I, I think baseball uh, you know, once again, uh, baseball with the miss on on a, a way to promote their sport because you're not
4: watching that game at twelve thirty five. Dodgers
3: Braves, I've got the package, it. why not? You're not watching on it. the MLB app. You're not watching it. Why why are you being a hater? Because <laughs> you're not gonna watch
4: a random baseball game on a Sunday afternoon. I know you. you you're not get- gonna do
3: do you want to get to the Overwatch thing now,
4: or you want to save that for later? No, no we can't. Do we can if you we want used to. to start the Sunday shows with you yelling about stuff. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, I'm. <laughs> I'm see, I'm, I'm. I am definitely the
2: old guy in the room. Basically, most places I walk into, I'm tired of Waddle saying he's an old guy. He's 51. <laughs> I got him by 10 years. He's not an old guy. Okay, he's 51. <laughs> he's not old. I told. Him, I said I was old, and some guy looked at me. and goes, "Not till you're 70." I said, "Okay, fine. I won't. I won't say I'm
4: old till I'm 70." Was he smoking a pack of cool? <laughs> yeah. He he yes, see, so I, I think, think old, guy,
3: old guys should always have a standoff. Anytime uh, <laughs> an old guy enters a room, they should look at each other. Who's older? I'm the old yeah. one. That's <laughs> I'm the s- one. Smoky, grapply
2: voice. <laughs> I'm the one you either respect or throw stuff yeah, at right. one or the other. But see, I was the guy that we went to. We would go to parties. One of the parties I think I met my wife at, they were in the other room, and there were only two controllers, and they were playing Pong. So Pong Man. is like the original Man. Yes, the original video yes. game, yep. okay? Yep. And there was nothing, you know, watching someone play Pong, yeah. unless you were trying to hit on the girl that was playing. I think right. playing
4: Pong was boring in itself, <laughs> well, dude, let alone watching and it. And sometimes you can get that little thing going really fast. But Pardon the expression. Yeah.
2: Yes. But, no wonder you met your wife. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I'm, we're playing, you know, I'm standing there and... The only reason we were standing around watching it is because there were two girls that were playing, and we sit, figured, okay, well, you know, see how interesting it is for them to play, and then when they got tired of it, we would sit down and play and stuff like that. But I don't quite understand it either, and I see arenas full of people, yeah. watching, you know, the esports and all the. I I don't get. I don't, I don't understand the, I don't understand the drone racing either, but I, I don't get it. I, I, mean, I the it's Mission own. impossible. I saw the guy with the drone and they, all that stuff. They again. had a
4: huge thing here at the Chicago theater, and I know that that sold out. And you know, they had sure. different rounds and everything, in the championship. I don't know if the, uh, the other rounds sold out, but I know the championship round sold out. And someone was trying to explain it to me, like the payouts and how how they work, but it's very lucrative and now like even colleges are offering have like teams and they're not like official right. NCAA teams not they're, 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 cl- exactly. they they're, they're club teams be. but that's how you eventually get to NCAA teams yeah. is you have club teams and then eventually the NCAA recognizes it and it, it seems like the way that sports networks are investing in it, and it's going to be on TV, that eventually it could be a an actual, like, it will be a sport. And then, yes, you're going to have the old people that are going to say, oh, well, uh, they're not athletes and they're not doing all this kind of stuff. Well, the dude holding a beer playing darts is an athlete either, but he's making a bunch of money playing darts. Well,
2: I, we're on the radio station, uh, ESPN are the... Uh, the, uh, the four letters. And, yeah, uh, what does that E stand for? Uh, well, they show entertainment. Exactly. They show they show cornholing. Yeah, okay?
3: yeah they
2: do. Yeah. So Only after dark. Yeah. Yeah, basically, they do. It's, and and I flip channels. Yeah, when I, yeah. I saw that, and when I went to another channel and I saw the drone racing, I watched it for five minutes. I was yeah. amazed at how quick they were able to get the drones, and I said, okay, well... I'll go watch a movie. Well, they, yeah, that's the problem without football. But
4: yeah, but yeah, like these these leagues are becoming they're becoming they are huge. They're huge, and people go to full arenas and sell out. And like, they, it's not it it's huge. And The payouts are huge. Well, and, and you
2: guys know, being NBA fans, you guys know that the NBA. I think every NBA team has their own. Um, 2K team, yeah. 2K team. Mm-hmm. In Major League Soccer, they had the same thing. They had a tournament, yeah. and they just had a tournament up at this Chicago fire facility, the fire pitch, over the weekend, and it was actually streamed live. You could actually watch, you know, the, the two teams that one, I think, both had Man City playing against each other, which was interesting so, because, yeah, because I think they were all fans of Abdallah. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all over. They, they, this year, I think was the first year that MLS had a, a tournament. They they had a guy from each team that won, and then they all went to Boston for a, for like a weekend tournament. And you it know.
4: started really with Madden. Because right. Madden used and they to And they've shown Madden on TV. They showed Madden oh, yeah. on TV for years mm-hmm. and used to have like Madden tournaments and everything, and that's where kind of like the people watching people play video games started, and then you have people that will post video games on you them playing video games on YouTube and then you'd watch well, that. Now, right? Yeah, and then well now but now you have Twitch and you just watch it live. Yeah. And now that's what it's that's what it's becoming. And I, I don't think it's uh you can't be the old guy that's like, what are you kids doing and that kind of stuff. You just have to look if kids want to watch it that's what kids want to watch like that's well, okay, what the, so, they want
3: to do so it sounds to me that all three of us have the same opinion on it right like we don't we don't, will, we we don't get it, it. it but yeah. we won't we're not gonna watch it no um so maybe what we should do is the topic instead of us just saying like oh well it's what they like like maybe we should hear from people who do enjoy it and maybe they can call us at 312-332-3776. Like, at least a couple like, of them. Like, what is the appeal? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, and, and Fred, like, I was I was saying earlier, you know, we're we're the young ones at the station. Mm-hmm. And we're 33. And we don't get it. So this is something for people who are even younger than us. Right. Who are consuming esports, playing esports, and and being a part of this culture that, that we don't even get. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I just, you know, like, it, it's what's interesting to me is like the nba like you said fred is trying to get into it right. and i guess the numbers are terrible so like this league on twitch they they were getting like no one to watch this right so like from what i've read it seems as if this isn't really going to work out for the nba like the the way they implemented it the way the teams were created all this stuff like no one seems to care but people are watching you know 200 million views of people playing Fortnite. i know and like the biggest craze on college campuses is guys getting together putting together a squad and playing Fortnite uh-huh. for hours and hours at a time and overwatch and all these different games so I, I like i think there is intrigue and i think it's interesting and and i i kind of feel like i i missed the boat like it, it would be awesome to be at that age in college or just around that age where I could just sit and play video games all day. Mm-hmm. But like games that are like this, that seem like a lot of fun. Cause like, listen, we played simpleton games. Like, like <laughs> bond was like the most extravagant game that we played until we started playing halo. And, yeah, and halo. like halo is the one that like tipped it over where like now everyone's obsessed with these style right. of games. I-, I just think it's an interesting uh, thing because watching it on TV, I just don't see the appeal, but Fred, we we were talking about baseball earlier. Uh, I saw more conversation on social media yesterday about the Overwatch League final than mm-hmm. I did about Major League Baseball. Well, some of that also has to do with who you're what you're following too, doesn't no. it? No, it doesn't because my followers, I followed seventy four people. None mm-hmm. of them were talking about it. I'm I'm talking about the trends. If you look oh, at the okay. trends, okay, all of the trends everywhere were were people talking about the London what, what what's their name the Spitfire. The Spitfire team and how they're talking trash after they won because they wanted harder competition. Like like that like people yesterday were watching, consuming, and talking about this, and I'm on the outside looking in, and I kind of want to know like what what is the mass appeal to this? But that has to do
4: with it trending on Twitter has to do with the age of people on Twitter as well. Exactly. Because everybody that watches overwatch and that kind of stuff is uh, is is of the age that is on Instagram and on Twitter and that kind of stuff whereas if you look at the average age of a baseball fan most likely
3: they're not on Twitter most and of them th-
2: still have rotary phones exactly they're right. on,
3: so because of that but in defense of this the numbers the sheer numbers should still outweigh more young people who are baseball fans than young people who are watching overwatch and talking about it just because you have the difference like you can't tell me that Come on! Baseball is a fourth major sport in mm-hmm. this country. One no, of the four goodness. major sports. There's no way that even though most are older, that there's not young people watching baseball. But, yeah,
2: but there's more. Wa- there's more doing the other things. There, we, are, there are more people. It, it, even though it's. It, how many people don't watch the Super Bowl every year? Okay, we talk about this. Yeah. All that. Well, yeah, how but... many people don't? So if that's the Super Bowl, and we're talking about regular season baseball, how many people don't watch regular season baseball? But eSports e- you... is
4: pretty
3: niche, guys. I would, I, mean... I
4: would bet you that there are more people 24 and under that watch the Overwatch than and watch
3: that kind of stuff yeah. than watch baseball. Sure. I agree. I I would be shocked to see that. I really would because, like, I, it's still niche.
4: But it's niche because it, it's, the kids just do It's all the kids do it. It's and they're not, also the ones
2: that are on Twitter more than the other people. Man, I mean, they'll tweet constantly throughout the day mm-hmm. where a lot of times, I mean, for myself, I may tweet 10 to 15 like times you, a day It wouldn't it, be the
4: number one trending topic on, a, on an NFL Sunday. It's not going to be. Right. And I don't think it would be. On an NBA Saturday or whatever. Yeah. Or, it's not, others, or, college, or college, college football starts Saturday. Yeah. So any other sport, if it's put up against any other sport, it's not going to win. But because it's up against baseball, or probably if it was a ho- it was the only thing other on was hockey, it'd probably be the same thing. Yeah, let's um let's
2: talk about uh, um, baseball. There were twenty nine thousand people on the south side for a baseball game. Yeah, I mean second so biggest and all game. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, after a while. I mean, I was sitting <laughs> on the couch, when and when Jason Benetti, it was 5-1, to one, and when Jason, when the Sox scored, Jason Benetti goes, they've cut the lead to three, and I'm going, he scored one run. It's 5-2. to two. What are you getting so excited it's about? He's got to get so excited about something. He did say, like, in the seventh or top of the eighth inning, he goes, I, I feel a walk Was it him that said, I feel-? yeah, I think he said, I feel a walk-off tonight. And they didn't walk it off because they scored six runs in an inning yesterday in the eighth inning. And the White Sox come back and they beat the Blue Jays nine to five. And Carlos Rodon pitches today. That's a reason for White Sox fans to watch because Carlos Rodon's pitching really well. He's got a three thirty eight ERA, and he could be their number one starter going forward. He's good. We talked about this yesterday with Murph. He could be their one or two guy
3: going forward. And that'd be great for the White Sox. It'd
2: be tremendous. A left handed guy like him, a guy that was a third pick in the draft, and when you reach for a third pick in the draft as a pitcher. He's got to be a stud. They've already struggled with Carson Fulmer, and maybe he's a guy... Now he's gone to the bullpen in the minor leagues. Maybe he's a guy that when he, he figures it out is a bullpen guy. Right. You know, and that's not, that's not the worst thing in the world. Ronaldo Lopez got rocked the other day and maybe going forward, he is a bullpen guy. So guys, they get in trades. You got two bullpen studs in Fulmer and Ronaldo Lopez and you've got Rodon as a starter. Maybe you bring up Kopek and you get other guys. So Giolito, I don't know what ever is going to happen with him because he struggled yesterday. That's why they had to come from behind. But there are some interesting things to watch when you're watching White Sox baseball. It just takes a long time. Yesterday yeah. took a long Yeah, match. sure, and you maybe know, you really stay with them. my brother said they were losing I turned it off.
3: Yeah, and you're hoping to see what Yoan Mankata can do uh yesterday uh, 0 for 4 uh two strikeouts, and he, he also leads, had a
2: walk. He leads baseball with 141 strikeouts.
3: Yeah, so Fred, you know, what you've seen from Mankata this season, 13 home runs, he's uh hitting 228, 307, 407. Uh what are your thoughts on on this like full season for Mankata up with the big league?
2: He should Club. bat left just lefty. Just lefty. Well, he's a switch hitter. Yeah. He finally hit his first homer righty right before the All-Star game. He's struggling um you know I don't know what he's going to be. He was the big, you know, key in the trade for Chris Sale. You know, they did get other things. For in that trade, but he was the big guy for in that deal. Uh, they knew that they could move him because they had Rafael Devers, who was going to come up. And Devers just keeps hitting the ball,
3: yeah, he's like awesome. crazy.
2: And uh, he, so he has adjusted to the big leagues pretty well. Moncada is still trying to figure it out. Both at second base, where he has struggled a bit. I think he's leading second baseman in errors, and he's leading the league in home runs. Those are two categories you don't want to lead baseball. No. In. No, you don't. I mean, you know, and that's what he's doing right now, unfortunately. We'll talk more about the whole situation with Roquan Smith and uh, the helmet targeting, uh, holding up the signing. I've got my opinion on it, but it keeps wavering every time I read more about it, so we'll talk about that. Moon Mullen will join us a little after 10. Jesse Rogers, we come back talking some Cubs baseball from St. Louis. It's Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN 1000. Abdallah's guy.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day. Nearly grinding. 25 pitches in already.
3: Major trouble. And a grand
5: slam for Ozuna. 5-0 St. Louis. Pitch down around the knees and Ozuna down and through it. And power numbers, as I mentioned, have not been there for Ozuna, but he delivers here that the base is full and With
0: a big hole to climb out of here from the first inning. See Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com.
2: Highlights courtesy NBC Sports Chicago. Len Casper and uh, Jimmy Deshays. Cubs wrap up their series with St. Louis later on this evening. Kyle Hendricks going to the bump. Uh, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Huebner with you. We're going to go to Jesse in a second. Uh, In his first 19 starts of the season, Quintana allowed a total of four runs in the first inning. No more than one in any single game. Six yesterday. 51 pitches to get through the first inning against the Cardinals. It's the most pitches needed by any pitcher in the first inning against St. Louis in the pitch count era since 1988. What they didn't count pitches, wow. before, didn't count pitches before then? No, just let guys pitch then. Throw until your arms tired. <laughs> That's kid. right. Just stay on out there. Um, <laughs> so Quintana actually did stick around for a little while, which helped a little bit. And the bullpen came in then, and five innings without giving up a run, just three hits. Uh, the Cubs lose six to two. Their lead now down to a half a game, and we go hmm. on out to uh, St. Louis. This guy's been writing up a storm, and now he gets to talk with us. It's Jesse Rogers. Hey, Jess, what's up?
1: I'm good. Good morning, guys. How are you?
2: We're doing well. I know that you you probably talked to these guys yesterday because when the big yeah. when the big news happened, uh, I was a little surprised that they went with Tyler Chatwood in the bullpen instead of Mike Montgomery because it just seemed like Montgomery could help you more often. I don't know how Tyler Chatwood's going to help this team ever in the bullpen.
1: Well, he's not. I mean, that's the thing. He's there to, to basically fix himself. And get away from starting. I mean, the bottom line is who starts every five days is the most important part of your team. Forget about the pitching staff. That sets the tone for the day. So I know what you're saying, but the bottom line is the best five have to be in there. And right now, even though compared to the rest of the league, these five aren't very good outside of John Lester, of course. This is the five they're going to go with. I mean, you have to give the guy that's most deserving. And right now... Montgomery's most deserving, and you've heard me say it a million times, yeah. I think the only way to fix Chatwood is to get him out of the rotation and give him a real chance without having to be in that five-day routine and looking at game plans and stuff like that. Trust me, they're going to avoid him at every cost in that pen. You know, three, four, five run leads is, is pr- or, or deficits is probably the only time he's going to pitch or maybe extra innings or whatever the case may be. So... This is about giving him a chance to fix, him, fix himself and get better in the starting staff.
3: Jesse, yesterday, two runs for the Chicago Cubs. Explain to me why this team is number one in all of baseball, on base percentage, but seemingly struggle to actually score runs.
1: Well, I mean, I think every team will struggle to score runs. They're having a bad week. Um Maybe the loss of Brian is catching up with them, but that's just one player. Some other guys are slumping. Man, it's been a quiet week for guys like – I know Russell missed the last two games, but Russell, Schwarber's been quiet. Hayward's now sort of come back down to earth a little bit. They're having a little bit of an offensive slump. To be honest, though, I, I would point to the off, uh, to the pitching more. I mean, when you get down 6-0 nothing. How many teams come back from that? Or and the day before, yeah, it was a little bit closer, but they they got down fairly early in that game because their starting pitching was bad. So, look, they're one of the best come from behind teams in the game, but you can only ask them to do that so many times. Now, your point to your point, if they would score in the top of the first inning, they'd have a lead, right? So, yes, it is. It has been a bad week. But they are ranked number one. I think you give them a little bit more of a break than you do that starting staff, which, if I'm not mistaken now, has dropped to ninth in the NL in ERA after that six-run first inning yesterday. So think about that back in March. This starting staff, how much money, how many assets they put into it, and they are ranked ninth as we head into August in ERA. So, yes, the offense once in a while will give you that th- those moments, but I can't blame them too much when they're pitching like this.
4: So the starting rotation for the Cubs, Jesse, has the 21st worst strikeout percentage in baseball, the worst walk percentage in baseball, and the starting staff, I know you mentioned the, uh, the that they're ninth in baseball in ERA, but the, the starters are 15th in ERA in all of baseball. Is this a Jim Hickey problem?
1: See, that, I, got, I got asked that on Twitter a couple times last night. That is the toughest question to answer for a reporter, especially a pitching coach. Even if you ask me a hitting coach, I'd be able to give you a little bit better of an answer. But everything they do is behind closed doors. And the only thing, you know, not behind closed doors, but you know what I mean, behind the scenes. And the only thing I could tell you about is relationships. You know, how's the relationship? Is it is there open communication? Look, Jim Hickey's been in the league a long, long time. Uh, had success down in Tampa Bay, so he didn't forget about pitching. But he's a new guy. Is the relationship there? Now, a guy like Kyle Hendricks, for example, said it's a much better relationship now than it was previous. And I'm not talking about, like, they don't get along personally. It's just the, the pitching communication. Do, do, do they understand each other? He's new all these guys are veterans. How are they communicating? It's better now than it was three months ago. But that's, of course, that that would be the case, or it should be the case. If it wasn't, then we'd have a story. So all I can tell you is, it seems like the communication between the group um, and, and him is good. Mostly the starters I'm talking about. I don't. I haven't asked Pedro strobe how's it going with Jim Hickey, but I've asked most of the starters, especially the veterans like Lester and Hendricks, and they say better now than it was before. You would hope the results were better. But at the end of the day, how much can we put on pitching and hitting coaches? I mean, uh, Lester's having a great year, right? Under Jim Hickey, Pedro Strokes having a good year under Jim Hickey. When Morrow was healthy, he was having a good year. So uh, there are other guys, and those are the ones that you put on Theo more than Jim Hickey. You Darvish, Tyler Chatwood, especially now. Hendricks is a different animal. We don't, I, and, and frankly, at this point of his career, I don't think it's it's a pitching coach when it comes to Hendricks. The guy's smart enough knows exactly what it takes to have success. So I would tend to doubt put the blame on him or any more blame than anyone else, but I can't tell you 100% for sure.
2: Jesse, how did Chatwood take the demotion to the pen?
1: Very well, very well. Absolutely understands that he deserves it, looking at it as an opportunity to maybe fix himself and get better. And I think they did tell him, and, you know, this is kind of what I thought might happen. Hey, if you fix yourself, you will get another chance to start this season. We will reinsert you back in there. And there's two options there to give Mike Montgomery that rest he needs and to probably prepare him for the for his role in the playoffs if they get there. If everything's going well, Montgomery would probably be a playoff pitcher. So give him a little break, get him back in the bullpen, or and or uh, add him as a sixth man when they play 23 games in 23 days, give everybody that extra day down the stretch to also prepare them for the playoffs if they get that far. So he took it well with the understanding if he could be back in their starting games. Um, but never for a moment thought that he got, you know, jobbed or ripped off or whatever the case may be. So that's good news.
3: Yesterday you got a chance to talk with Cole Hamels. You also wrote a good column on ESPNChicago.com about Cole Hamels and what we should expect from him. What should we expect from Hamels the rest of the way? I threw
1: well, he's already part of the all-interview team, and as a reporter, that's like one of the first things you're thinking about. How good is this guy going to be when you when you need some information? So that's good, but that's, that's second Jesse, or third on the has nothing
3: list. to do with on-the-field <laughs> yeah, action. I know.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I just thought I'd tell you he's a good interviewer. Alright, uh, you know, it, it, I, I, I'm going to withhold judgment. It, it, anybody that says, okay, he's going to turn in the Cole Hamels from 2008 that beat Matt in the World Series, come on, you can't make that leap based on what we've seen. But, He's a smart guy, and you have to trust the fact that coming to a contender is going to mean something. Um, He got hit really hard on his two seam fastball this year. I think he's going to probably just go away from it, to be honest, and go back to what really made him successful. I, I, I would imagine, and ask him this last night, but I will. But I would imagine pitching in that ballpark in Texas, you change your your sequencing, you change your pitches, you might change everything about your game. Um, Let's see what. what, Let's give him a chance, is what I'm saying. Uh, He said all the right things about being rejuvenated, uh, being confident that some of the adjustments he made, the results will finally show up. He understands it was a bad July. Um, So I I like the fact that he understood the whole picture. Like, yes, I was bad, but now I have a chance to really rejuvenate myself. It's a two-month... You know, sort of sprint to the finish. I don't have to, you know, prove myself over seven months here. This is just right now. What is it going to be? Eight starts, something like that, plus playoffs, hopefully. Um, and, and let's see what he can do. So I think you you'll watch him with sort of a doubtful eye, thinking, okay, don't expect, you know, the 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 old Cole Hamills, but quality start. That's my my the the phrase that comes to mind. The Cubs are the ninth worst team in quality starts. Luckily, Milwaukee is even worse than them. So. They have as many starting pitching problems as the Cubs have, but if he can go out there and go six innings, three runs, I think everybody would be okay with that. Now, in the moment, you might not be. If he gives up three in the fourth inning and they're down three nothing, you might be upset. But if he can give them some quality innings, I, I think that's what you can expect. It, unfortunately, they probably do need more than that. But he's thirty-five and he's having an awful year, so I, I don't know how he can go from you know four-seven eight to one-seven, but. Uh, Somewhere in between is certainly capable. He's certainly capable of that.
4: You told us yesterday that the key for Quintana would be run support. What's the key for Kyle Hendricks tonight?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if the key was run support, but he certainly needed it. And he's second in the league. He didn't get it yesterday. Nobody has this week. Um, but it, Hendricks, about Hendricks, you know, it, he, he, we've seen him shut down teams. Mechanically, he just has to be locked in, and he's got to get a few more swings and misses on on on, um, on a few pitches, but also light contact, light contact uh, early in the count, so his pitch count doesn't get up too high. So, so it's it's such a weird um, fine line these these guys walk that the guys that have some movement, you know, you, you love the movement out of the zone with the swing and the miss out of the zone, but if they're not chasing, all of a sudden he's behind in the count and that changes everything. So if he's not if they're not chasing, he's going to have to come in a little bit better, but he can't come down the middle because he doesn't throw eighty nine. So he's got to he's got to work the corners and hopefully get some light contact on his on his changeup, curveball, two seam, whatever it is um so it's, it's this weird combination you want that movement you want the swing and miss but you don't want eight nine pitch at bats either because then he's out after five uh but mostly you just want you want goose eggs up there i mean the way the offense has gone he's got to match the, the the opposing starter uh luke weaver was good uh Mikulos, man uh wow that's by the way that's a guy the cubs could have had but he was good again yesterday 11 wins on the season for him the cubs easily could have had Milos Mikolos, easily could have had him for three years and half the money they gave to Chatwood. He'd be a Chicago Cub right now. So big. If you think about yesterday, Hamels arrives as a desperate last-ditch effort for the Cubs a, a starting rotation. Jose Quintana, who they gave up the farm for, gives up six, and the guy on the other side could have been had for three years and like $20 million, $18 million dollars. So, there's no doubt the choices the Cubs have made in their pitching staff are coming back to haunt them. We'll see what the last two months brings us.
2: And Jesse also put together an article about uh, position players pitching. You can check that out at ESPNChicago.com. I know that Dan Pleasak's not a fan of it. Uh, Eduardo Perez didn't answer the question three times last week when they did the ESPN uh, broadcast. Tim Kirchin said, Eduardo, what do you think about the position players pitching? He got no answer. Three times he asked him the question, so you kind of know how Eduardo Perez feels about yeah. That. Jesse, as we let you go, um, we were talking about Albert Almora earlier. Rough series, zero for eight. Bounced into two double plays yesterday. He's seen a total of eight or fourteen pitches and eight at bats. Right. Uh, do you think he's a guy that maybe gets a rest tonight with Happen Center?
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, they have less choices, but that's a, that's a good point. But uh, who's on the mound for the Cardinals? Um, it, yeah, they're yeah. all righties. Yeah, the Cardinals have all righties. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and, and the, to the larger point, it applies to Javi, but Javi less. Is that when you are slumping, if you don't take walks, watch out. Your batting average is going to plummet. And it's amazing how he and Baez, without taking a lot of walks, have kept their batting average up there. But yeah. you just, you got to take a few walks when you're in a slump. It just, it helps your, your everything. It helps the team, first of all. Helps your, your mental state. It keeps your batting average up a little bit. Instead of an 0 for 5, it might be an 0 for 3. So yes, either he's, first of all, probably move down in the lineup at the very least, but very well could, could, um, uh, could come out. I'm just thinking if, if Happ is in center. I mean, Russell's back. You could put Bies at third and Bodie at second. or, or I'm sorry, Bies at second and Bodie at third and happen in center. Russell missed two days, a little wear and tear on his legs. So, yes, I could see, absolutely see that happening tonight. And probably needed. I mean, every every player grinds. He, he has not had a prolonged slump. So, But the problem is, again, we, if you're not seeing some pitches and taking a few walks when you're slumping, you're really slumping.
2: Jesse, we appreciate it. you got a long day ahead of you in St. Louis. So you can write a few more articles.
1: I'm going to work on it. You never know. i look, really looking forward to uh, to this pennant race down the stretch. I never thought Milwaukee was going to go away. Moustakis is helping them, obviously. But both teams have pitching problems, so maybe whoever pitches best is going to win this division.
2: Thanks, Jess. Have fun today. Okay, guys, take okay. care. Even you, Adam. See you, Jess. Jesse Rogers in St.
4: Louis. Doesn't he like you? I mean, I, you, I don't you guys know. have. I don't this, know why he doesn't like me. You guys have this I'm nothing, rivalry. I'm nothing but nice to Jesse. No, Rogers. you're not. He you're comes on with Waddle and Sylvia every day. He does. You're he gets jerk. us illustrious guests. No. He got us Ben Zobrist the other day. Yeah. He couldn't get us John Lester like he said, but he See? got us Ben Zobrist yesterday the other day. <laughs> Zobrist is good. Zobrist is great. Zobris yeah, is he is. great. He gets great us guy. Jason Hayward all the time. He's a great interview with Jason. I think he's bitter because whenever Jason Hayward comes on with us, this is why I think it is. Whenever Jason Hayward comes on with us, I always get the text in the middle of the interview. How good is Jason Hayward? I go, he's great. He goes, he's so much better with you guys than he is with me. He never gives me this kind of stuff. I think that Jesse is
3: jealous. <laughs> and jealousy, we know, yeah.
4: is a stinky cologne. Yeah. And right now,
3: uh-huh. Jesse reeks of it. Well, there you go. It's nice. Uh, yeah. y- you should be nicer to our I am reporters. very nice to Jesse. He's the only one we've got. Yes, I hold him is. to he's... a
4: high standard. <laughs> it's him I hold and Nick. Him to... We only
3: have two reporters. We have him and Nick. What Treat I? him nice. <laughs> Come one and on, a be half. nice. One and, a half. One That's and me. a half. That's a shot. I'm gonna tell Nick at eleven thirty yeah. when he comes on that you hate him too. I don't, I love Nick. You're a jerk. Nick <laughs> had
4: some great stories from Summer League about that, that
3: little like <laughs> that little like square
4: the area where no you're not allowed to talk about anything. Did you read that one? The all the off the record stuff happens in that little area. No, I yeah. I saw it. He can yeah, fill it's us in stuff. at eleven thirty.
2: Nick Friedel will join us then. We come back. Don't yeah. forget, we're going to talk some football. John Moon Mullen joins us in the 10 o'clock hour. It's Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, 312 332 3776. Fred Hubner with you till noon on ESPN 1000. This is
0: Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at espnchicago.com.
2: Welcome back in. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner here. We're going to talk some Bears football at the uh, top of the hour. Now, I don't know if it was with you guys or if it was with Mellor I talked, because I wasn't with you last Sunday, so it might have been with Mellor during the week or something, where teams were starting camp, and we said, well, it won't be long before we hear about guys going down with injuries. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, two injury notes, knee injury to Panthers offensive tackle, uh, Daryl Williams, not believed to be season-ending, but it's a uh, Patella, um, which is a kneecap. Yeah, it's that not doesn't good. sound good. And a knee injury, to Steelers guard uh, Ramon Foster uh, carted off. It's thought to uh, is not thought to be serious either, uh, but we'll see. And now, just coming over, uh, Legarrette Blunt, who is now in the Lions, heading to the locker room with the trainer on the first day of pads and pa- practice. So either he's got to go to the bathroom or uh, he's hurt. Yeah, unfortunately, Maybe the trainers got the only key, you, don't, you never yeah, know, you know,
3: Freddie, it's uh training camp injuries happen. Uh, but like, that's also why you look at the NFL and you can't just look at teams and how they'll do based on the stars on the team, because there's a good chance that half of those stars won't even be around. Yeah, it, it's a league about depth. And if your team has depth at all positions, you can usually get through a season and be pretty good. And that's why, you know, you look at the Chicago Bears uh, I think they are starting to piece together some some pieces at the front line, but does this team have enough depth to really make a move past eight wins this season? I'm not sure. Yeah,
2: and I think that's a good question because of the, the offensive line. We know that Cush can, you know, they get this kid, James Daniels from Iowa. He may be a guy that just moves around throughout the yeah, course right. of the year and just, you know, fills in for guys when they get hurt. Hopefully they don't. Uh, John Moon Mullen, we'll talk with him next half hour. Talk some Bears football. Lots going on. Roquan Smith. He's not signed. We have an idea why now. Black abdallah Hubner here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's
0: game day. Deep to left field, and it is fair and gone. Deep left, center. Game over. Cuts win. Cuts win. Chicago's game day. He is at the wall. Please. This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com
2: Welcome back in Fred Huebner along with Chris Black Adam Abdallah we're here until noon we've got our MLB notebook coming up bottom of the hour then we're going to talk about a guy that's uh, Hall of Fame wannabe and then two broadcasters um, who made a mistake See if they admit it later on today. I don't know. You know, they they were the fashion police all of a sudden. We'll talk about that in just a little bit.
3: Can't wait. Let me me guess. Old-timey baseball people telling young people how to to dress to take batting practice. Is that what we're talking about? That's exactly
2: it. God. Yep, exactly. All and right. Mike Renner from Pro Football That's Focus will join us. Good
4: of a lucky guess. Yeah, you know, sometimes... <laughs> I, I, it's as if you'd been on Twitter all morning.
3: Sometimes uh, sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut, Abdallah. And in this yes, one, it's two figurative. of them. Um, uh, Mike Renner,
2: <laughs> Pro Football Focus, uh, joins us a little after 11 o'clock. And, and Nick Friedel, I haven't heard from Nick in two weeks because I wasn't here last Sunday, so... Uh, maybe he'll have some things to add.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, maybe we'll uh, ask him uh, why uh, Denzel Valentine's getting roasted in the Drew League. Because uh, people are sending Dang. me videos of uh, him just getting toasted on defense. So I uh, can't wait for the Bulls season, guys.
2: There was an article in the uh, Sun-Times earlier this week that uh, as, you know, he ho- he thought that when the season ended that next year I'll be in the starting lineup. Oh, and as, as time has gone by, his, he has just like dropped. Kind of like in, when oh. years ago they used to show when a, when a record, uh, uh, a song hit like a top on the charts and it yes. would slowly go down. Yes. That's how he is going. He's going from fifth to sixth to seventh to eighth to ninth and eventually.
3: Yeah, I think that the same thing the happened spot. with the Justice League, uh, right? Like for uh, <laughs> the Justice DC Comics, right? It came out it was, and uh, each week it just disappeared slowly into the abyss. But then, is then, Denzel Valentine Aquaman? I have no idea can Aquaman not play defense and chuck? Then maybe. Well, you know, it's weird
2: too cuz that the the Aquaman movie hasn't even been out yet. And uh
3: well, Vinny Chase was good in in Aquaman. Oh, and that and I one, thought yeah, that, I that really uh <laughs> jump-started his career. Yeah. Uh, the trailer for this
4: Aquaman almost looks like a parody of a parody the like like, from, like Vinny Chase Entourage? would be yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was
2: shocked. I was shocked that you actually brought up Vinny Chase and Aquaman
3: on Sports Talk Live.
4: Well, what's wrong with that? I don't know. I
3: just... Well, I actually think... I don't know the other guys got it. Teddy G brought it up first, and I just piled <laughs> oh, okay, on. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, Cap had no idea <laughs> oh, what you right. we were talking he didn't about. He did say Vinny Chase. Yeah, yeah. Teddy,
2: Teddy Greenstein <laughs> didn't mention Vinny Chase, and then you went with the Aquaman thing. Yeah, so it was, it was... Yeah, I don't think Cap knew what... Had any idea. <laughs> true, no, no idea. <laughs> so, um, by the way, speaking of the Bears, we're going to talk with John Moon Mullen in a couple of minutes. Um, they'll all be out there. You're not going
3: tomorrow. Is, is, it, is it Zetterman going? going to be there. I'm not going.
4: Really? No. Wow, Meller's you got going. Going. out of that? Yeah, Mellor's going this time. I went I went last Monday. Uh, Mellor's going this Monday. Uh, but yeah, all the shows are going to be out the there. shows are It out there. doesn't matter who's who's out there producing. Cap is going to be out there. Carmen and Yurko is good, are going to be out there. And then Waddle and Sylvia are going to be out there. You're
2: going to tell me people don't want to go on out and see Danny and ask him about, you know, if dried fruit's good for a keto diet? They item. can if <laughs> they want to. Fruit. He'll be
4: there 9 a.m. to uh, 6 p.m. And scheduled to join is uh, General Manager Ryan Pace. Should be good. And Head Coach Matt Nagy is supposed to join uh, Waddle and Sylvie.
2: Fantastic. Yep. That'll be fun. That'll be very nice. And uh, we'll see what happens. There is knock on wood or if whatever you believe in. There have not been any... Uh, Dried fruit. <laughs> there have not been any major injuries for the uh, the Bears in practice. And they do not practice today, right? They, they do been, not nope, practice today. today so so no
4: interceptions will be thrown by Mitchell Trubisky today. Yesterday, uh, Shea Pepler, who
2: uh, works with Fox, yep. and she wrote when Trubisky threw an interception yesterday, and I just tweeted, this guy sucks. <laughs> And I put dot, 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 sarcasm. Um, But it's amazing because the only video we really see of any plays is sent by Gridiron Assassin. On on, The media is not allowed to... But the fans are. Yeah. And Gridiron's got, wherever he's at, he's got a great location. He was showing touchdown passes to Allen
4: Robinson. If you've never been to training camp, you can essentially stand inches off the field. Yeah. They've got a small rope that keeps fans off of the field. And, like, everything is happening... Right in front of you. So, yeah, it's not a surprise that he's got because, you know, you get there early enough, you get a decent seat, and you can watch everything. Well, and his is up just high enough so we can see where Tariq Cohen goes at the snap
2: and how Trubisky finds him. Well, because they have bleacher seats, too, so you can, like,
4: be a little bit higher if you want to. Yeah,
2: it's great. So you go on out tomorrow. You can uh, see the Bears practice. They start at 815. Cap and company beginning at uh, 9 o'clock. Eddie's not out there tomorrow, is he?
4: That's a good question.
2: He's listening. He'll call us and talk. Yeah, he's know. probably not listening because he's at the Hawk Convention all weekend.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: I actually said something yesterday, and uh, some people may say, you know what, that's just that's just uh, not right. You shouldn't say it. I, I said that I don't think Corey Crawford's going to play another game of hockey in his career.
3: You know, in the a, NHL, I, I think uh, that might be an interesting angle to look at as we go forward. It, it seems to me that do we have all the information on what's going on? No, we don't. It's been a long time. Uh, he had the uh, he had the vertigo. Mm-hmm. He
2: had the you know post concussion symptoms, and um, he just looked. He even looked glassy eyed when he was talking the other day. Now I know he was he was a little emotional, and sure for, you know uh, he sees what has happened to him and how he's been unable to play. But he's been around the whole time. I mean, I saw him. I think he's been around all three days of the of the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's know. good
3: to see him out there. It um, is. Yeah, I don't I don't know, and it, it's interesting to me to to kind of figure out what like because head injuries there is no timetable for for getting better from that so you you never know and even if you say okay i feel i feel better uh everything seems okay you could get on the ice and one hit one different movement or something could kind of send everything off kilter and then who knows from there you're gonna put a goalie mask
2: on and have people shooting pucks at you a hundred miles an
3: hour yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know how like that's a, gonna work. Yeah,
2: it doesn't sound like a great, great thing. So yeah,
3: that lady just ate it in front of the studio. But I think she's okay. She's back up. All right,
2: that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, she tripped on the uh, the pavement. Oh, well, sue, sue the city. I saw you look, for it. That's why I started to give you the play by play. she's back of a up. Sudden, she's good. She didn't. She didn't, sudden, wanna, so. she didn't want the uh, magic spray as the. Uh, the doctors came out to help her, and you know, uh, she's, you, she's back walking on the street. I don't uh, know if you street. knew this.
2: Do we have, you know, that magic spray? Mm-hmm. They used it in Russia, not only on the players in the World Cup, but Stu Holden used it along with John Strong in the press box because it was so, so hot. hot yeah. Really? They would spray it around their necks before <laughs> they would put their, mm-hmm. their ties on and stuff like that, and it would cool them off and keep them cool the whole game. Mm-hmm. The whole game?
3: Pretty It would much. cool you off? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Pretty good stuff. What did, Do you guys know what's in it?
4: Yeah, I looked it up the uh when we were um when the World Cup was going on. Was it like dry it's, ice?
3: You spray yeah, some dry essentially, ice? Essentially it's um
4: You it's, actually did look it up. Dry ice. It's
3: not yeah, I did. Huh. All right. This is great, Abdallah. I thought you had something ready to go there, but instead we're gonna watch you Google. No, instead we're gonna go talk about football with a guy that knows the
2: game. Yes, Moon. John Moon Mullen uh, joins us from NBC Sports Chicago. John, how are you today?
5: I'm doing well, guys. How are you doing?
2: Well, wouldn't it have been a lot easier if Roquan Smith just didn't sign because they were haggling over cash? This 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 seems to be a little confusing. Do you do you have a grasp on what's going on right now?
5: Yeah, I mean the the, the and it hasn't happened, but the concern of the of the agents would be okay, we got this new tapping rule and if the NFL is going to really jack up the players who you know, lead with the helmet, and you get a 15-yard penalty. You could get a you could be fined, which they are pretty much already, or suspended. What if you're suspended? What does that cut into? Does that take away from your guarantee? You know, the guarantee's under of the contract, and not taking aside you in either case. But if it's the new the first year, how's it going to be enforced? Maybe the league's going to really mandate or or push encourage the officials to really call this thing, and therefore, what is it? might just take money out of roquan smith just or his pocket just from being the aggressive player that the bears drafted him to be so it's an odd one it's a new one and from what matt maggie said yesterday none of the other people have gotten this kind of language so um it's a little complicated but i in one respect though isn't it a little refreshing that it's not over money i mean yeah yeah i mean it is it is over money but you know, the, the stereotype uh, you know, the greedy athlete, well, that's not the case here. This is a guy who says, I want to play my game, but new rules might really cost me some money. So it's an odd one, but uh, it might not be the last one we see of this kind of thing in the future.
3: You know, Moon, the one thing that I started to think about is obviously this rule is going to affect the defensive side of the ball, but it also, leading with the head, will affect running backs and offensive players. Are you surprised that no offensive players, like maybe Saquon Barkley or agents of these running backs, have kind of mentioned the same thing with this rule?
5: Yeah, a little bit. Um, and, And big picture, guys, and I don't know how you are, but I have long wondered how the straight arm... How the stiff arm, for example, to the head of a tackler is not hands to the face. Um, and I'm taking again as a former defensive player, I'm taking the defensive guys here, sure. their side. There are some things that do go on. You wonder, wait, why is that not a penalty? When it's you know, if a, if a pass rusher does it to an offensive lineman and gets his hand, even even inadvertently, and you kind of bend the neck back, which is not pleasant, um, it's a penalty, hands to the face. Why is you know a, a, you know uh, straight arm, that not that you grab the face mask, but you kind of bend the tackler's head back. We see that all the time. So I, I think there is some concern on the, on the uh, parts of different players. Well, gee, are they going to call it uh, on us, or on them as well as us kind of thing? So, I mean, what running back doesn't often, you know, you're going to get hit, so you kind of lower your head and get an extra yard or two. Is that going to cost you 15 yards? Now I, I don't know. That, and I think getting back to the, the situation with Smith, I don't know that everyone's really clear on how this is going to be enforced. I hope you know, it's not going to be another catch rule thing right. to make either.
4: Do you see this drawing into the regular season as it did with, I know it's a different situation with Joey Bosa, but they do have the same agent. Do you see this drawing into the, uh, the regular season, or will this get wrapped up here soon?
5: I think soon. Um, and just as I did with Bosa, knowing what kind of a maniac this guy was at <laughs> Ohio State, I I don't think Roquan Smith is the same guy. I think these guys are probably working out um, as hard, if not harder. I mean, some of these guys who really want to get motivated, uh, I forget the rookie once told me, "said oh, man, he said, this is better. He said, not like Country Club, but, man, I've been working out. I've been running the sand dunes in California to get ready, and this is easier. Training camp is even easier than his own workout. I don't know that Roquan Smith is doing that, but... What, the only thing I think that'll hold him back is what does he have to learn for this defense? That said, I know, uh, Maggie and I some other guys have said, well, you know, Roquan had the whole playbook. He was here in the off season." So again, he's, into, those are mental reps or a form of mental reps. So it will matter how well he adjusts to. Um, reading those situations, reacting as he's supposed to in live action, which, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be one level in training camp. It goes to another level in preseason games. It then goes to a whole nother level once the regular season starts. The longer the kid is out, the farther along that curve he's going to be jumping in, which could be a little difficult. But again, if you got to pick a guy who seems to have all the right mental, uh, makeup, to, to overcome this, uh, this guy like Bosa, I think, is one of those guys. He still could be like Bosa, the two times a rookie of the year, and still have missed most of training camp.
2: John Moon Mullen from NBC Sports Chicago joining us here on ESPN One Thousand. John, uh, with Matt Nagy in, and the extra week of training camp and uh, new offense and everything else, uh, everybody expected something. Once you've got down there and had a chance to watch it, have you been impressed with what you've seen?
5: Yeah. Um... The two, th- the two things, and we're not really allowed to get into too much detail. And I get that, right. although if any scout could sit there with sharp plays like I do. Um, the, the, the Mr. Bisky interceptions have been a little bit surprising because I know he had. They really were banging him with ball security. I think that was one good takeaway he got from the Logans, John Fox, and look, keep it in our in the right color laundry. Um, that has been a mild surprise, which doesn't seem to upset the coaching staff a whole lot because they're trying to install things. Uh, and they're, I think, pretty confident that'll go away. The other thing that I am really impressed with are some of the personnel packages that go out on the field. I mean, you know, there's only so many ways you can line up, uh, the other five guys that are on offensive linemen besides the quarterback. But some of the, 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 uh, multiple receiver packages, where they put them, who's in the slot, who's, I was like, whoa, if I'm, if I'm the defense, I am thinking, Again, they have their rules, so again, that's what they get paid to understand that. But I have been really surprised at some of the um, the alignments, um, the kind of looks that they're going to force a defense to adapt to. Again, it's only as good as the player. It's one thing to line up; it's another to (laughs) execute the play. But that kind of thing is like, hmm, that I haven't seen. We've seen four receivers, but not quite like that. So you know, all of a sudden, there's Taylor Gabriel in the backfield. There's... Yeah, I don't know. There's just bodies all over the place. And I think that bodes well for an offense. It's going to be hard to timecast.
3: So, to piggyback on that question, which uh, of the new weapons for Mitch Trubisky has impressed you the most from what you've seen?
5: Um, it's easy to say, you know, Turbo, Taylor, Gabriel, just because he's a burner. Um, I think Allen Robinson. Um, and it's funny because my first impression when he walked to his introductory press conference, his conference, I want to say Gabriel came in and was really dressed, really it, really styling really and I, I forget who else is the same way. Al Robinson looked like a banker, and I mean class. I think he had a pinstripe suit on and just, very matter of fact, he's very earnest, and he plays that way, and yet with a flair. Um great hands. I mean, some of the passes, that he, Trubisky's able to, to say, okay, with this guy, he's six foot three. Um, he's against a DB who's five ten, So he's almost by definition open as soon as we break at the huddle. So I think what, ha- what has happened is Trubisky is learning and uh, hopefully they do the same with uh, Kevin White. Uh, you can air it out. You can put it up high for a six foot three inch guy who's got great hands. And it's kind of him or nobody that's going to catch the ball. I have been really impressed at the sure-handedness, I like in some difficult situations too. And I'm talking about, you know, high balls in the back of the end zone, balls where Trubisky has there's been a defensive player on on Robinson's hip, and that ball is low into the outside. Which you're thinking that's uh, your initial reaction might be that's kind of a boy, that's too low, but that's he put it there because Robinson was the only guy that could catch it. And Robinson caught it. So I have been real impressed by the um, the sure hands that he's had, and also physically, you know, he's got coming off a, a lost season to an ACL. He's if you he, if you didn't know he'd had that, you wouldn't know it to watch him.
4: When you look at Mitchell Trubisky's interceptions that he's throwing at camp, are these? Underthrows, overthrows—is he missing wide receivers? Are these mostly tip balls? Is this the defense making plays? What do these interceptions mm-hmm. look like as far as how Trubisky's throwing the ball?
5: so kind of all of the above. Um, there, you know, there was a tip ball—you know—went off. And you kind of threw it high to Kevin White, but it was too high and went off him, too, and it was picked off. Another case, uh, receiver—you know—was running a. a, a, a uh, not a skinny post, but something bringing him a, a sharply across the middle and Prince Mukamara jumped the route and actually was an easy pick and uh, you know, that might not happen in the future um, if the guy is the defensive back doesn't know what what play is coming kind of thing. So there hasn't been a real way you can say, oh, okay, he's just doing this one thing over and over. I mean, the other day, uh, yesterday, I believe it was Nick Kwiatkowski. Beautiful drop into coverage and Kind of looked like a reincarnation of a Brian Urlacher. Mysteriously, this guy drifts into coverage, and he read the quarterback's eyes and just picked it off. You know, so they haven't fit a a mold yet. And I think Nagy and the coaches aren't terribly upset because, at this point, even with the off season, you know that the quarterback is still thinking. There's a thought process, not just a reaction process. So I think there's still some of that going on, which is why they're not upset, and they do want him to kind of try some things. I think the emphasis—they're going to—there will, will be some cracking down on ball security, but it hasn't really fit a pattern. And let's give some credit to, to to the DBs. I mean, Kyle Fuller and, and Amukamara have looked tremendous. So.
2: And maybe they're going to get more than eight picks this year as a team, which I think might help. Yeah, John, uh, a couple more minutes with John Moon Mullen. I had that written down. That's where I wanted to go next. Last year, the Bears went and got Quentin Demps, and as it turned out, through most of the year was, you know, uh, Adrian Amos and Eddie uh, Jackson, and then you had the corners in Prince of Mookamara and Kyle Fuller. Should Bears, I mean, Bears fans didn't necessarily look at that and say, well, we've got a pretty decent set of, uh, you know, Defensive backs should they feel better about it this year? I know that Amukamara said he'd love to have a ten pick season. Well, so would I. I mean, so yeah. would almost anybody in the NFL. Well, he's had seven <laughs> in his career, and he you know he hit, the last one he had was like a couple of years ago. I, I love the you know yeah. optimism, but should Bears fans feel better that this group was to, was together in this defense last year?
5: Yeah, I kind of wrote that. I mean, it's sort of <laughs> like the old coach. First of all, i speaking about that. I'm going to have a ten sack or a ten pick season. I'm reminded of uh, Alonzo Stalman, who once laid out. What he told me one of his goals was that he was going to have high double-digit sacks. So, so you mean like 88 or 89? <laughs> <right? laughs> I think he meant the high teens or something. Sure, but, sure. <laughs> um, maybe they're thinking, you know, high double-digit interceptions. Okay, 94 picks by Prince Lukawara this year. Um, the um, the hard part about you want to say, yes, it's automatically good if you're bringing back the four guys. Right. The same, keep these guys together. If it's your O-line, if it's your secondary, with the two units that I think are remote, where continuity is the most important. Um, but I was reminded when I wrote this piece, I said there was a, a coach, I'm to say it was Utah or Utah, somewhere a basketball coach who, you know, his team had gone four and 23, long, long time ago. So he was asking at all, he, uh, he was asking the, the preseason press conference, well, you know, Coach, you got all five starters back. I mean, you has got to make you you got to be excited. And he said, and he, no, he said, <laughs> he kind of laughed. He said, well, we were 4-23 and 23 with those five guys. How excited would you be? Uh-huh. So, yeah, you got all four DBs back. But those are the same four guys that only had a total of seven picks last year. Um, and, and to your point, Fred, I think you mentioned um, Clinton Demps. Well, let's not forget about Marcus Cooper. You know, they were, they kind of had two we're, big we, we're trying,
2: we're trying to forget about Marcus
5: I'm <laughs> sorry. You know, and, and you know, it's interesting to think back. You know, multiple thoughts here, not to jump around. Imagine me jumping around. Um, the going into camp last year, I wouldn't say Fuller was, or, or uh, Adrian Amos were on the true bubble, but neither of those guys were starting at at, at an early point right. uh, last year. So a lot can still happen. I, I Big big picture, yeah, it's probably good they're bringing these guys back because they've seen, especially Eddie Jackson. You know that that guy's going to get nothing but more impactful. Um, and but one caveat, I mean, last year they had Fuller and Amukamara together at a total cost of ten million dollars. This year they have the same two guys, and it's, this year it's costing them twenty-one million. So more than twice the price. It, 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 my point is, it's kind of. Tempered enthusiasm at what you got back. I mean, are they going to be twice as good? You're paying them twice as much, uh, or will there be? Is there going to be an ascension? Is it, will Kyle Fuller take another step? Um, you know, he had two picks last year. I think it was, too, you know, not bad. Um, but you need. It's great that they're back, but you sure better do better than last year, gang, because this was really a low impact, you need, especially with the, the, the Trubisky in this offense. Hey, you got to give them a forty or fifty yard field once in a while, not you know making them grow eighty or whatever. So, you know the turnovers, the takeaways, obviously decide games. That's what their job is, and obviously the Bears need to give them some help up front with the pass rush. another whole question, but um, I, I'm really non-committed as far as how much better the secondary should be, just because all four of them are back.
3: So you just mentioned the pass rush. How good can this pass rush be? Can it be a top ten in the in the league?
5: I don't think so. I mean, not being disparaging, but you know, it, Akeem Hicks had a career year, great, and I think you've seen a motivated guy in camp, terrific. Leonard Floyd showed a lot as a rookie. You know, coming off a knee injury, has not really been—he's been solid, and he's he's had some terrific pass rushes occasionally. But this is not—he's not somebody that's going to make you forget LT or or Richard Dent or somebody coming off the edge. And Richard once told me, he said the, the hallmark of a great defense. He called it the, He said, so it's my own rule of three. All the great defenses, you know, the ones that had nicknames, had three great pass rushers, or three sources of pass rush. You, know, you think about '85. They had uh, Dan Hampton, and McMichael. Go back to the Purple People leaders, You know, Marshall Page and Eller. You go back to the fearsome Forsen with you know Olson and Lamar Lundy and Deacon Jones. Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh, the Steel Curtain, Elsie uh, Greenwood, Dwight White, and Joe Green. This defense has Leonard Floyd coming off a knee injury, and the King Hicks and Crickets. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. In fact, I'm doing a piece for tomorrow on Kylie Fitz, sixth round draft choice, edge rusher, 260 pound outside linebacker. Somebody has to make more of an impact. You know, they went out and got Aaron Lynch, and he hasn't practiced, I think, since the first day. Um, Pretty much, you can't. It's very hard to be a great defense with only two guys who can generate pass rush. So it has to come from somewhere, somewhere else.
2: John, we appreciate you jumping on. I know it's an off day, so enjoy the rest of your off day. You'll probably be bike riding somewhere, I would guess, right?
5: You you got it, Fred. By yeah. the way, and, and tell your producer, if, if I know you're on the show, and he says they want to, they want to talk about football. It might be, might be the wrong kind with you on the program, pal. I don't know. It might sometimes. be the round, the round kind. Yeah,
2: sometimes it could be, but not this time. Appreciate it <laughs> as always, John.
5: Okay,
3: guys.
2: Thanks Thank a you. lot. John Moon Mullen from NBC Sports Chicago, as uh, he is a he's an avid bike rider.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and and Moon nails it there, right? Because if you look at the secondary, it's not a shutdown secondary. Mm-hmm. But then you have people telling me that this is going to be a top ten defense. Okay, nope. so how do you get to the quarterback? Well, uh, you were fifteenth last year in sacks. Okay, we're not quite sure. Moon just told us what he thought about the pass rush. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, last year you were 14th in DVOA on defense. So, mm-hmm. uh, to me, this Bears defense, to, to take that next step, I, I don't know if you have the tools in the toolbox to get it done. Well, they can certainly pick off their
4: own quarterback pretty well.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, but li- listen, the Bears are not going to be going against Mitch Trubisky no. every week on the lakefront.
4: No, uh, you have to face Aaron Rodgers
3: twice. You have to face okay, Kirk Cousins so, twice. So, explain this to me. Matthew How Stafford are we getting this twice. top 10 defense? Oh, I don't think we are. Well, seriously. I mean, we, we got to deal with Sea Red Nation Bulls fans, Cub fans who are just happy that the Cubs are in first place, and we and have the Bears fans telling us the defense is going to be top 10. Just cap. What's wrong with these people?
2: I I am eager to see what Roquan Smith's going to add to it. He's going to be good. I (laughs) can't wait to see Danny Trevathan. I need to see some push from the middle of the defensive line. And they need Aaron Lynch and um, Leonard Floyd to actually get to the quarterback from the outside. But you guys know this, and I'm sure this is something that the Bears are working on with Trubisky. One of the keys to all of these, I'm going to say newfangled, I know I sound old, but all of these offenses is to get rid of the ball quickly. Sure. And what does that do? It makes it impossible for anybody to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it's not easy to get to the quarterback. So the pass rush has to really devise ways to get to the quarterback if it's rushing up the middle, if it's putting pressure so he can't step up. And um, I'm eager to see, you know, I know it's only a, the Hall of Fame game, but I'm eager to see the first quarter of Thursday's game.
3: And listen, Just I to get see it. them on the field doing something. If your comeback is... Hey, Black, they were ninth in points given up last year. They're a top ten defense. Get out of here with that trash. They can't get to the quarterback, and on third down, they can't stop anyone. How do you win football games that way? Points per game. Points per game. Look at their record. Meaningless look at, stats. Look at their
4: record if you come to me with points per game. Points per game. Get out of here.
2: We'll talk a lot more in-depth, in-depth analytics in football That's when Mike Renner joins best. us. And The Bachelor. Pro football focus. Well, I'll leave then. That's fine. So am I. I'm here to
3: talk football. Yeah. He was on the Bachelorette, people. The okay. finale is next week. Well, he works for a pro football focus, so we're going to talk football, Abdallah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, but I'm you sure You're going at- last I'm question sure, about
4: sh- the Bachelorette. I'm going to ask my brother. You can't stop me.
2: <laughs> no, we can't. Well, Eric can stop. You can just turn your Or Chris can stop you. You can turn, turn your, your mic off. off. Like right yeah. now. Yes. There goes Abdallah. Yeah.
4: yeah.
2: Uh, we got an MLB notebook. We come back. It's Black, sometimes Abdallah, and Huebner here on
0: ESPN 1000. Game day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
1: And a ball driven to left center. Sousa. He's got it. He's got it. It's a no-hitter.
0: Fred goes around the horn.
1: It's a triple play for the Sox. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life.
0: Fred's Baseball Notebook.
2: Oh, we try to do it each and every weekend. It'd be nice if I put my Bears notes away and pulled out the the baseball notebook. Watch out, Fred. Pull yep. it out. There we go. Your notes. Yes. Uh, Francisco Arcia, a guy that you guys probably don't know, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, me, Fred Huebner. Uh, Francisco Arcia came up uh, for the first time. He's uh, 28 years old. He spent 12 years in the minors, plays for the Angels. He had a nice game against the White Sox the other day. He had a really nice game uh, the other day as he uh, belted a homer. He drove in six runs against Seattle yesterday. Uh, He's the first major league player with 10 RBIs in his first two games. At the age of 28, he finally gets a chance to come to the big leagues. He drives in 10 runs in two games. That's pretty awesome. That's great. <laughs> That's an unbelievable stat. Uh, J.D. Martinez, you think he was a good pickup? Last year, he went to the Diamondbacks late in the season. and in the offseason, he sides with Boston. He's got 32 homers. He leads baseball in home runs and RBIs. That's and that, pretty good. Last I checked, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, I um, like Jose Altuve's not bad. He's pretty good. Um, but he's going to be down for a while as uh, Jose... I will play this, but my thing is stuck. Oh, and the cursor is stuck, too. Uh, Eric, Eric, if you could just play this stuff. Uh, Jose Altuve going on the DL. The
6: doctor came and shook it up, and like I said, he thought uh, it was better to, to
2: go on the DL.
7: is it for you to go on the DL? I know you like to play well, every day. I you
2: know, think about it, it's my first time in my career, so I'm not I'm really happy about it. No, he's not happy about it. Uh, neither should uh, the Houston Astros. They do have a lead in their division right now. Houston is 5 games up on Seattle. Seattle has struggled of late. They are just 3 and 7 over their last 10 games. Houston's 5 and 5. So, uh, it's a perfect time for Seattle to make a little bit of a push. See if that's going to happen. Um there's a guy named JT Real Muto and he plays for the Miami Marlins. He had a bloop single driving in a run, and uh, the Marlins knocked off, boy, uh, oh, it's really hard to see these, the Marlins knocked off the Nationals yesterday.
8: JT Real Mito at the plate, two men in the outfield for the Nationals, two and one, right
1: field, Taylor a long run, and that one is going to fall in for a base hit, JT Real Mito with a walk off, and for the seventh time this the Marlins with a walk-off winner.
2: What great color commentary, and I'm going to play it again just because you got to say something. He had to just sit there and laugh. JT RealMuto at the plate. Two men in the outfield for the Nationals.
8: Two and one. Right field. Taylor a long run, and that one is going to fall in for a base hit. JT RealMuto with a walk-off. And for the seventh
3: this year, the Marlins with a walk-off winner.
4: Nah. But he didn't have time to say anything. The play-by-play guy was, wouldn't shut up. <laughs> the laughter just sounded weird. They won. <laughs> He's happy. I guess he is happy. Plus, we don't know
2: what he said after that highlight. Eric, cut it off. You know who wasn't happy? Mm. Bryce Harper. Because Bryce Harper plays for the Nationals. Because his <laughs> dog's name is Wrigley. They lost that game. But Bryce Harper said after the game, if that guy was on our side, it wouldn't have happened. Yep. He is lobbied the Nationals go on out and get some more players and uh, they haven't really gone and done it uh, for the stretch run so he's not really happy about that.
3: So every time he makes a comment like that, do you think that adds to the fact that he's going to leave in the offseason? Because during the All-Star break, he wins the home run derby and everyone's talking about how, oh, he's going to stay. This is his home. He's going to leave. Look at the fans. They love Bryce Harper. He loves him back. Yeah. His, um, his dog's name is Wrigley. He's going to be a Cub. I know his numbers are down this year, but Fred, did you know that he's tied for second in the National League for home runs? Bryce Harper? I did not. I did not realize that. Yeah. So, I mean, his numbers are down, but it, at the end of the year, if you just look at home runs and, and the power numbers, they're there for Bryce Harper. So, well, yeah. does he leave? Yeah, I think he does. If you're the Nationals, do you trade him and try and get something back for him? Um. Yeah, I would. You know, because like yeah, this, is, this is this is going to be a LeBron James situation not, yeah. where he's going to just leave in free agency. and mm-hmm. You're not going to get anything back.
2: Right? You know what mm-hmm. their biggest problem is, though? They need him more than anybody does. Sure, right? Because if he leaves, they don't have anything. Yeah, yeah, they have nothing. Yeah. Uh, so they need him more than anything, and that I think is what he's counting on driving the price up. I don't know what the price he he thinks he's going to get a ten or twelve year deal. I don't yep. think that's going to happen.
3: Fred, I think you and I both saw the same interview on ESPN where he said that. He yeah. said, I'm hoping for the, what, 8 to, eight I, to I 10 years? I thought year. he said 10 or 12. He said, where I'll, I'll be playing the next 10 yeah. to 12 years. Who, who was interviewing him? It was, it was before... Was it A-Rod? Yeah, maybe, maybe it before was. The, it yeah. was during the Home Run Derby. Yeah, we both saw the same yeah. thing because the next day people were talking about, oh, maybe he'll take a shorter deal so they can be free. No, no, no. I think Bryce wants the full-length Contract that he can get. I don't think he's going to get it,
2: so we'll see what happens.
3: One other local
2: highlight, because he's in town. There's this kid, guy in Toronto, Lourdes Guriel. His brother mm-hmm. plays for Houston. Uh, Lourdes Guriel had a couple of hits yesterday. He's the first rookie with 10 straight multi-hit games since Shoeless Joe Jackson. Now that's a stat.
3: Now that's pretty good. Yeah, that's
2: pretty good. I mean, the guy didn't even wear shoes. Yeah, and and he still had ten, you know, ten straight multi-hit games. Uh, Rudinett Odor. It went a long time for this Texas Rangers guy to do anything. He's starting to hit the ball. He went five for five yesterday, including this one. Hello, Odor. Two for two so far today. This time he drills it high in the air, out to center field, going back on that to the wall. Oh, no the defense, and that takes a
0: big time bounce. Odor to third base. Breesley's waiting him He's up to throw. Not a time. And inside the
2: park home run for Ruben Odor. And the Rangers lead it 2-1.
5: And a stunned George Springer trying to figure out what just
3: happened.
1: Well, I think we made a mistake because the other night we said that the triple is probably the most
3: exciting play In baseball, and Rugnett Odor just showed us what is actually the most exciting play.
2: Now, I was going to bring that up. I didn't know that was at the end of that cut. I was going to ask you guys, what do Mm -hmm. you think the most exciting play in baseball is? Because you're you're the younger guys. You're the guys that watch the games. I know you watch them, but maybe not as intently as
3: other people. Um, But what do you think the most exciting
2: play in baseball
3: is? I think any time you have a relay from the outfield where two throws have to be made at the plate, that's the most exciting play in baseball. So it doesn't have to be someone, you know, hitting a triple, getting the third. I think any time you have an outfielder that has to hit the cutoff man and then get that into home plate, I think that's the most exciting play in baseball. I think it changes on a day-to-day
4: basis. Whatever Javi uh, does. Whatever does, hobby hobby does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. So whatever Javi's doing at the moment is currently the most exciting play in baseball. Okay, I yeah. got to figure that was going to yeah. happen. Thanks,
3: dollar for your reference.
4: Yeah, You're I got to
2: figure that was going to happen.
4: Uh, I agree with you, Chris, uh,
2: because it's funny, because like, the other day, uh, Jason Hayward threw a guy out at third. That was nice. It was exciting. But it was just a throw to third, and he threw the guy out. Uh, Schwarber's done it a lot this year at second base and at home because I don't know why. Players continue to try to run on Schwarber's arm. Stupid. He used to be a catcher. He's got a great arm. Don't run on his arm. But they keep doing it, and he keeps throwing people out. That's great. But you're right. I think when they make great cutoff throws and... It means that the outfielder has to hit the cutoff man. Sure. And the cutoff man has to be in perfect position, catch the ball, turn, and make a nice throw. That it's a wonderful play. Yeah,
3: and anytime you can add extra elements where people actually have to do something into the play. Yeah. You know, because like that's the biggest issue with this whole walk, strikeout, home run culture is pitch is thrown. Batter either hits it, misses completely, or is walked, and then that's the end of the solution right, of the play, right? So anytime you can have multiple fielders have to do something, I, I think that's what's interesting. Yeah, some excitement to the game. Yeah. we
2: come back, we're going to talk about a guy that says, I'm not really happy when I watch baseball. Huh. And uh, also we're going to hear from two guys that uh, weren't happy with the way the Dodgers were taking BP. It's uh, Black Abdallah Hubner. we got a lot of football talk next hour. Nick Friedel joins us at 1130 right here on ESPN 1000.
1: Well, easy.
0: This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. I'm
2: easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. Welcome back in. Fred Hubner, along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, um, continuing our baseball talk. We got some football talk with Mike Renner,
3: and I guess bachelorette talk too. Uh, we're going to talk football with Mike Renner. Uh, Fred, I don't know uh, why
4: you guys hate on it. He's on the we're, bachelorette.
3: We're not hating. We're here to talk football. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Yes, uh, training no, that's camp. fine. The, the only reason
4: I'm doing it is because I'll ask him a bachelorette question, and then I'll get 10 tweets about having to hand in my man card, which I love. Okay. Yeah. Uh, baseball. That's still a thing.
2: Yeah. Baseball yesterday. The Braves play the Dodgers. Chip Carey and Joe Simpson, and uh, they were getting ready to do the game. And um, Joe Simpson, the color commentator mm-hmm. for the Braves, uh, he was a little upset with the mm-hmm. way the Dodgers went out to take BP.
7: We're going on today in batting practice here with the Dodgers. What do you see, t-shirts, you see Chase Utley with no socks and pants up over his knees t-shirt. This was prevalent with their whole team. And I think about fans that come to SunTrust Park who are Dodgers fans and want to see their players. They had no idea who any of them were. Nobody had any kind of uniform or batting practice shirt on with their name on their jersey. They looked very unprofessional. Uh, and I think I can say this because I know what the Dodger organization was all about. And if I were a Dodger fan, I'd be embarrassed. And I don't know how Major League <laughs> Baseball allows such attire when the gates are open and fans are watching. Chase Utley, I've had nothing but respect for him his whole career. I think he's a great player. I thought he always played the game the right way. That was an embarrassment what he had on today during batting practice. When you think of all the merchandising the Major League Baseball does with their practice uniforms and the batting practice jerseys. I'm with you. Why not? Well, it's called a uniform for a reason. And there are batting practice shirts to wear with your names on them. And, and I, I think about Walter Alston, even Tommy Lasorda. Walter Alston would roll over in his grave if he saw that. Walter O'Malley would never allow such things. And I know it's a different age. It's a different era. But that's a complete lack of respect for, your, for the fans and for the game. And as I said, embarrassment. Um, Bobby Cox never allowed anyone in Braves uniform to take the field for batting practice or anything else unless they had their uniform on. And for batting practice, you had to have your batting practice jersey on, as it's called, that has your name on it. So the fans know who you are when you're taking batting practice or ground balls or whatever.
2: Now, that's it's over the top for a lot of reasons. One of them is that they, the T-shirts they were all wearing was a fundraiser, like a cancer research mm-hmm. kind of thing. Donating for cancer with a big baseball and a K on it, uh, to killing cancer and that kind of stuff. And um, I don't remember that batting practice jerseys actually have names on the back of them. Now, I don't. Felix, you were you used to work at Wrigley Field. I don't know if you ever saw guys take BP, but I don't recall last time I saw BP if the guys' names have – the jerseys have names on the back. Do you
1: they remember? Don't.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. they don't. They, they wear don't. like Under Armour shirts. Right. Like they're all just these tight shirts I was and surprised shorts.
3: That's yeah. all they're, they're, they're when, rocking. When did they have this conversation? Yesterday. Yeah, we, during we, I guess it was it, during the game. That was during the game. Yeah. Oh, during the sport that they're calling. That's yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. We, did you? We all heard the audio, right? Where, where was the play-by-play? What was happening on the was, field? I think we pulled that out.
4: There was one bunt in there that I did pull out, but oh, it was. Okay. I'm not kidding. It was like four seconds. Yeah. Well, so yes, here's the deal
3: uh, with these young millennials and the Generation Z taking over baseball, and and you know, here's the thing: they're on their phones. They have no respect for the older generation, and all. Wait, Hold on. Uh, Chase Utley is uh, 39. Yeah, he's an old guy. Oh, he's about to turn 40. Right. Oh, wow. This young millennial yeah. has no respect. This Chase Utley character plays in in baseball for many years. He's almost 40 years old. My he favorite was, part he is drafted that. in 1997. No respect, this Chase Utley. My favorite part
4: is when the old man said... I'm just going to refer to him as the old man. <laughs> when the old man said, I thought he respected the game. Yeah, sure. Okay, guy. Get the blank no, out of here with this. Right. I Is do, this
2: serious? I do have to stand up and say that years ago, I was the old guy. Um... During the home run derby, when Ken Griffey wore his hat backwards,
3: yeah, it was only the coolest moment baseball had in the entire Mm -hmm. nineties. Yeah, I know. I was the guy that was upset about that. All Right now,
2: now, now they don't wear hats usually. No, for the home run derby, they just go on out there. Did uh, didn't Bryce Harper have like a a bandana on? Yep. Yeah, he had a bandana. bandana. Yeah. 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 So now it doesn't matter. I mean.
4: Think of the children, guys. I mean it's unbelievable. If a kid goes to the ballpark on a hot summer day yeah. and sees his favorite baseball player shorts. without the name his name on his back, <laughs> how will he know? Yeah. Little, how will
3: he know what Chase Utley Who is Chase Utley? Little Timmy's gonna look up from his device and say, Who's this guy in the box? <laughs> how how Dad is
4: is that a baseball player taking batting practice? Because he's wearing shorts.
3: And baseball players and shouldn't, shouldn't wear shorts. Yeah. No, Timmy, he got here early enough so he could take BP before the real athletes come out on the field. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, that wasn't that good. Hey, good uh, and, Fred, good luck with your uh, sport there. I'll oh. be eager whatever, to stop. whatever your sports trying to do with that.
2: I'll be eager to see if Chip Carey and or Joe Simpson have any retraction or and you guys can talk about it maybe tomorrow because um, wait that
4: was Chip Carey
2: well Chip Carey was the guy <laughs> doing the listening? game with him it You're wasn't Chip Carey doing all the talking well, about he, okay. he doubled he, down though yeah he did double down once he agreed yeah, with him he agreed Talking about how that you know they usually have the names on the back of their oh back batting God. practice. Yeah, uh, I'm going to get to my Pete Rose thing. I know I, I just blew it. I, I've been saying sure. it all Can day we do long. It next? It's an old guy, uh, of, a wa- Hall of Fame wannabe. Yeah, we'll do it next before oh, we get to wannabe. Before we get to uh, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus to great. talk football. We'll talk some baseball first. Abdallah Black Hubner here on ESPN. What
0: Chicago's game days only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com. Ah, uh, welcome back in, Fred Hubner,
2: along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We're going to talk some football with Mike Renner, a pro football focus, in a couple of minutes. Cole Hamels, in case you missed it, starting on Wednesday. That means that Tyler Chatwood goes to the bullpen. He'll be available on Tuesday. White Sox got a win last night, coming from coming from behind. Carlos Rodon takes the bump. This afternoon at a uh, little after one o'clock Cubs, Kyle Hendricks goes tonight trying to salvage a game in St. Louis, uh, later on this evening. Now Pete Rose sounds off on baseball again. Rose says, I'm not really happy when I watch baseball. This is Bob Nightingale's article in uh, the USA Today, uh, yesterday says here, uh, I'm going to argue with baseball until the day I die that that the baseball is juiced. I don't care what anybody says. I saw Bryce Harper break his bat and hit a ball 420 feet in New York. That just doesn't happen. You get tired. Chris, you and I have talked about this. Mm -hmm. You get tired of watching the highlights on MLB or on ESPN and every hit's a home run. Yeah. And he's right about that. He's exactly right. And they do say the ball's not juiced and it just keeps flying out of the ballpark. Now Rose continues, he says, I'm not really happy when I watch baseball. Fundamentally, the way it's played. It seems like back in the 70s and 80s, we worked on fundamentals. We spent a lot of time on the little things in the minor leagues than uh, they do today because there are 30 teams they're going to hurry up to the big leagues too many guys just sit around waiting for a two run or a three run homer the teams that put the ball in play go to the World Series Houston won the World Series they put the ball in play a lot Boston puts the ball in play a lot that's why I like Boston right now better than the Yankees they got potential batting champions and they have potential home run champions the Yankees have potential home run champions but no guys that get on base um, there currently are three teams out of pace to win at least 100 games this season. This is not Rose talking. This is just stats. Uh, three projected to lose 112 teams already at least 13 games back in their respective divisions. And here's Pete Rose actually says something that I've mentioned here a couple of weeks ago. He says, that's not good for baseball. I don't think the Rob Manfred, he actually said Mr. Manfred, would like that. Uh, we need more parity. You know what I'd like to see? Baseball, they ought to do this to, maybe it could help, splitting the season in half like they do in the minor leagues. Think of how many teams have no chance of winning at the All-Star break. Now it's a clean slate. You can add a couple of players. Besides, not only are teams 30 or 40 games out of first place, what's your attendance going to be like in the second half when you have nobody out there? And, and I suggested this because in, in minor leagues, a lot of the minor leagues, At halftime, you're a first half winner and then they start over from scratch. So the Baltimore Orioles could actually make moves during the first half. When the all star break hits, you'd have to have the all star break at actually the midway point of the, you know, at the end of the first half. And then everybody'd come out. They'd have a fresh record. So if you won the first half, you could, heck, you could even rest some of your guys because you knew you were going to be in the postseason at, um, you know, in the next round.
4: Why don't you just cut games then? Like, if, if you have to split it up into well, two halves, why don't you just get rid of games? Ticket sales. I, I, I understand the business point of it. But if you're saying that the business point of it is hurting it because teams are out of it by the all-star break and no one's showing up to the games anyway. So if you're already losing money on people not showing up to games, if you have less games, more people will show up to your games.
3: Yeah. But some of those no shows are people that purchase the tickets who are just not. But they're not
4: showing up. So what you make 20 bucks. Big deal. No, you make
3: a lot more for selling baseball tickets. I understand
4: that. But if people aren't showing up and people aren't buying tickets, Then if you had less games, more people would go to your games because there's less of them and they're more important. But they make them more expensive too though. Okay, so make them more expensive. Then the people, then more people won't go. People I, will still go. But that's, uh, no, that's not true. Cutting the people games will is not still the go option. because there's less games. College football is expensive, and those games sell out. Every single game sells out, and it's expensive. NFL games sell out. They're expensive. NBA games sell out. They're expensive. So don't give me that. If you raise the prices, people won't go. People will go. How many
2: people at a, at a college stadium? Um, say Notre Dame. What's Notre Dame hold? Eighty
3: thousand. Uh, probably a hundred thousand, probably close to a Yeah. How
4: many of those? I know are, Michigan holds over a hundred, right? Because they just announced the attendance for the five
3: uh, for yesterday. For yesterday, yeah.
4: how many
2: uh, of those are students? or are they get in for cheap? There's or a student or?
4: section, and that's like three sections of the stadium. That's it. That's it. So at Alabama, the same thing. There's same only- thing. Chris and I sat right next to the student section. Yeah, well, because you wanted to. Well, no, actually, we <laughs> didn't. We didn't plan on where we sat. We that, that's how that's happened to be where, that happened to be where our tickets
3: were. Yeah, those kids had a night. Let me tell those you, Those kids were wow. lit. But yeah. I'm telling,
4: like, so when you go to a college football game, like when you when yesterday the game between um, Liverpool and Manchester United at uh, Ann Arbor, and in Ann yeah. Arbor at the Big House in Ann Arbor. Sold out.
3: Those were at least probably a yeah, hundred dollar okay, get in. So like, I, what are you talking about? My like, point we're, we're is, talking you, about like you're not going to lose games yeah, in baseball. So you're
4: going to do a half point champ, no, halfway but, champion. That's listen, stupid. Pete
3: Rose is using within the confines of we can't eliminate games a solution that maybe. Incentivize teams to be a little bit better for more of the season because you right. have a shot in the second half. You know, in the second half, Baltimore has, has the same, you know, they're on the same playing field yeah. as Boston. So in, maybe you right keep now. Manny Machado because now you can make a run in the second yeah. half to make the playoffs. Don't, so what, you got a
4: halfway point where you get two trophies? Maybe why not? not? The no. teams, playoffs teams, the teams that qualify yeah. for the playoffs. Right. Say you oh, win the
3: division twice, then you get a bye when it comes. Right. That's so tough to understand with this because it's, it's stupid. You're, you're stupid. <laughs> no, it's what are you stupid. doing? It's here? a dumb idea. Fred and I are trying to have a conversation. And about I'm Pete trying to Rose. have a conversation you're too. Up college football.
4: Pete Rose is losing it, and he's come up with a dumb idea <laughs> oh, for baseball. I don't know. But, it's you know a what? dumb idea. I think
2: be, before they would cut games, they would play half season. You're going to award a
4: playoff spot halfway through the season? Yeah. Why
3: not? Yeah. Get the
4: blank out of here. Yeah. What are you that's talking so about? dumb.
3: They could do it. They Eighty games it.
4: in, you're going to give someone a playoff spot, yeah. and
3: if you win the second half, even though you've already qualified in the first half, that's you get a so bye. stupid. How about that? That's Boom, so you stupid. Get a bye. That's you win so both stupid. halves,
4: you get a buy. That's so dumb, Fred. What do you think of that? I, I like it. Why even try in the second half? Then you've already got a playoff spot locked that, up. That is the one. I just said it because you get a buy. You get you get a bye. Oh great! Oh, you get a buy. Okay, you yeah. get to sit at home for a week.
2: Here, uh, you, you were talking, and I, uh, I had, uh, Eric find this, because I, I read this earlier. We talked, <laughs> we talked about the game yesterday, Manchester United and yes. Liverpool, at, uh, the big house, and then you
3: really showed up for that one, huh? about? Uh,
2: 105,000, 105, people, and Jose Mourinho doesn't quite understand why. What did you
8: think of the atmosphere of the stadium and all the fans tonight?
9: The attitude, the, the atmosphere was
4: good. The atmosphere is good, but, if I was them, I wouldn't come. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't come. I wouldn't spend my money to see uh, these teams. I wouldn't spend my money. I you know. That sounds, that's Great.
6: And he's he's
2: that's exactly so right now. I think now that the the game that's that was here at Soldier Field is over with, we might be able to say that. Can you rip? Can you rip
3: on it now that it's over? <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? I'm Friend, saying, let us hear what you think about. Uh... I'm not saying rip on it, but.
2: There yeah. are, there are team, there are times where teams just don't bring their players and especially in a world cup. year. Yes.
4: This is a world cup year. So it's kind of, uh,
2: it's difficult. Manchester, yeah. Manchester United has like 11 of their guys not in camp yet.
3: Abdal and I were there. We were and there and the upper bowl at Soldier Field was completely empty. They didn't yeah. even
4: sell a whole section of it. Yeah, yeah. Like
3: Soldier Field was to say it was half. Build for this game against uh, Borussia Dortmund would What'd have they been say, thirty-four thousand.
2: Yeah, yeah, they said thirty-four. Yeah, yeah they we said were 34.
4: we
3: were there. There were uh,
4: yeah. Um, it was nice. They had bl- one, two of Manchester City's regular players. R- Riyad Mahrez made his debut, right. quote unquote. He, for touched, them. Wait, he touched the ball
3: three times. Touch the ball three times. Yeah. But that was the, and that you was know, about and, it. And Pulisic made a nice run in the box. He was tackled. They got awarded a penalty kick, and he didn't take the. He kick. He didn't take it. No, I saw yeah. that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. But, we tried. But and I understand what
2: uh, Jose Mourinho is saying. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be here either.
3: No, no he, he doesn't <laughs> want. to. And he's he's, he's no. been complaining their entire tour. Yeah. Because he doesn't have any of his players with him. He's right. been ripping Paul Pogba the entire time. He's been he has. He's saying stuff that coaches and managers in this country do not say because they're afraid of the backlash. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care at all. And, like, I I recorded some of the games, and,
2: uh, you know, Bayern Munich was down in Miami last night, and Bayern Munich, you know, the FC Bayern Munich fans in Miami were all excited that they were down there. Well, James Rodriguez was there, but, you know, a lot of their guys weren't there. And that's what happens in these tournaments. Especially, I went to a game one time. It was, um, it was Manchester United against Bayern Munich. And Bayern Munich brought all their guys. This Mm -hmm. has to be like 10 years ago. But Man, Manchester United didn't bring any of their big guys. And Manchester, they got booed every time they touched the ball because Man U fans wanted to see them. And
3: Bayern fans wanted to see a game. And if you're a soccer fan and you're like, what, why are these teams here and why are they not playing their guys? Uh, the European seasons, the, the EPL starts in like 20. August, weeks, August 10th is the first so, game, so this is their preseason. Yeah. They use these tournaments as their preseason, so it's it would be the same way that, that Abdal is going to drive all the way to Canton to see Mitch Trubisky hand the ball off three times, and then Trubisky's going to sit on the bench, and you're not really going to see the star players play in these preseason. If he games. hands
2: the ball off three times in the first series of downs, yeah. I'm turning the game off. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, well, that, that's be prepared, prepared
4: what to doing. turn yeah. the game off. <laughs> sure. I know they're not going to. Because the highlight of the weekend is Brian Urlacher's speech. Okay,
2: from one football to another. Uh, and, uh, who knows? Maybe Mike Renner and Pro Football Focus, maybe they know a little bit about soccer. I'm sure they do.
3: Yeah, they're uh, charting snaps. In, Their focus uh, is football, though. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Well, that's a good thing. Mike Renner joins us from Pro
8: Football Focus. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, I do not know anything about
3: soccer. Though, so. <laughs> that's fine. We should not
8: ask
2: <laughs> No, that's fine. We will not ask you anything. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think our program director's on the phone saying we shouldn't talk even that much about it. So, um, we got a lot of bears to talk about. I just went through some of your stuff on Pro Football Focus and got a bunch of the ratings for the old line and the secondary and the pass rush and the, and the run defense. And, uh, Chris Black and Adam Abdallah will ask you probably about how people can think this defense is going to be, uh, good. Um, uh, so I'm going to wait on that. I'll let that ask those questions, but the Bears' offensive line, they've had nothing but problems with Kyle Long being being hurt, they did draft a guy in uh, James Daniels as their second pick, they've got Cush who's out there, they seem to like their tackles, how does pro football focus feel about the Bears and that offensive line of theirs?
8: Yeah, we think it's solid. Uh, the biggest thing is they don't really have any liabilities anywhere. The tackles, while they're not great, uh, Leno and Massey, they're competent. They're good enough, and you can get by with tackles like that. So we think it's a, a good enough offensive of line that it shouldn't be hindering, you know, Mitch Trubisky's uh, you know, development in any way. And I really like their interior. We love Cody Whitehair coming out. He's been fantastic for them. It was, took a little bit of a step back last year, but I think he'll bounce back this year. And if Kyle Long's healthy, he's one of the best guards in the NFL. So. They'll have a strong enough offensive line to have a good run game. And like I said, it will be good enough in pass protection not to hold back you know, Mitch Trubisky.
3: So if we're going to talk about Mitch Trubisky, if you take into account what you saw last year from him, from his development from year one to year two, what do you expect from Trubisky going into this season?
8: It's a big question mark because really you can't have any couldn't have any really takeaways from his rookie season. It was just that offense, the weapons he had around him, all of that. Just, it was very difficult to get a read on how good he actually was. So uh, I do think there's a lot of things you want to see just in a sort of a, you want to see him take on a higher volume. They were so run heavy a season ago, even when they were trying to play from behind, you know, even when they were trying to play catch up, they were still run heavy. So I want to see how he does when, you know, he has, is throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game and see if he can handle that sort of volume and not, you know, make critical mistakes with the football. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing I want to see is just can he, you know, operate a sort of pass heavy offense.
4: A lot has been made about the Bears' defense and taking that next step. A lot of people say they were a top-ten defense last year, but if you look at the metrics, they weren't really top-ten. They were probably about right in the middle of the pack. Can they take that next step and become a top-five, a premier defense in the NFL?
8: That is the big question, because I love Vic Fangio as a defense coordinator. I think retaining him was huge for Chicago. But at the same time, just talent-wise, on paper— yeah, I don't think you would call them a top top 10 sort of talent-level you know, defense. Along the defensive line is probably the biggest question marks. Uh, outside of Akeem Hicks, there's really no difference maker uh, on that front. So they really need Leonard Floyd to take a step forward right now. Uh, that pick is looking like a, a little bit of a miss at this point. But, I mean, he's still young coming out. Still fairly raw, so has some room for development. Has tools for it, but this is the year it has to happen because in the first two years it has not. So they need someone to step up there along that defensive line. I do think adding Roquan Smith is huge for that defense. If he ever does you know, make it on the field for them, if they ever do sign him, uh, I think it will be huge for that defense because Victorian, if you look at his best defenses out over in San Francisco, he uses his linebackers as weapons and coverage. They're a critical role to that defense. So if he is as advertised, and we loved him coming out, I think uh, the defense could improve from a season to go.
2: We're talking with Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. You can go to uh, PFF or profootballfocus.com on Twitter and also you can uh, check them out uh profootballfocus.com and uh get a, a subscription. Uh unbelievable stuff constantly. We were referring to this stuff throughout the course of the year. It's just at pff on Twitter. I'm sorry. And uh I think I got it all right now that I jumbled through it and stumbled and bumbled all, all over it. Um you, we talked, Chris asked you about the quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, but you, you look at what he had to throw to or basically what he didn't have to throw to last year. How much of an upgrade? I know that what Chicago Bears fans think it was, but how much of an upgrade is what they have and what they have to throw to, not only at wide receiver, but also at tight end compared to what they had last year?
8: Oh, enormous. I mean, that was probably one of the worst three receiving cores in the league. You know, Kendall Wright is your number one. Option, he's going to be you know the number three or four in Minnesota this upcoming year. Like that's just that's how good their receiving core was. So I do think Allen Robinson, when healthy, is one of the best in the NFL. And I love Anthony Miller coming out. What he offers, what he brings to the table as you know a slot sort of weapon. So uh, I do think it's night and day. And like like you said, there's really no excuse for Trubisky this year with Nagy now as your offensive you know as your head coach, an offensive minded head coach with an offensive line in front of him now with playmakers on the outside. Uh, this is it. You know, the cards on the table. you got to basically step up. There's really no excuse.
3: You know, and uh, as Bo- Bears fans watch this team and the offense, and you say the the wide receiver core is one of the worst in the league, the one thing that irritated me is the Bears haven't really used the slot wide receiver well where other teams are using this to really run the basis of their entire offense. How do you think the new options for Trubisky in the slot really helped them going into the season? Um,
8: yeah, we saw the Chiefs and Nagy take advantage of that a season ago with Travis Kelsey. He ran you know, over fifty percent of his routes from the slot. was one of the most productive slot receivers when he was there. So uh, that offense it utilizes them, whether it be on wheel routes, different sort of concepts. Uh, that it does take advantage of the slot position. It's a sort of uh, offense that really does spread the ball around uh, in terms of you know conceptually a lot of the stuff they run. It's not just running it through one singular guy. And now they have the weapons to do it. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, how productive that slot position actually is in Chicago, but I do think there is definitely room, and their offense is definitely set up for it to be a productive position.
4: A lot of people expect the Bears to uh, add to their win total this year. How do you see them fitting into the division?
8: That's the toughest part. I I, I think, you know, it's on paper. everything's points to them being a much, much better team, but at the same time, The NFC is loaded, and the Packers are going to be a much better team than they were a season ago with Aaron Rodgers now coming back, and the Vikings on paper, again, look like a much better team with Kirk Cousins coming over there and Sheldon Richardson. So you're just in a very difficult division in a very difficult conference to where they could be a much improved squad and only win one or two more games this year just because a lot of teams have improved in the NFC.
2: Todd Gurley got his money the other day. Le'Veon Bell wants his money. What kind of money would Jordan Howard deserve? And where do you rank him in the list of running backs in uh, the National Football League? We know what he's gained over the last couple of seasons, but where do you put him when you look at running backs around the NFL?
8: I love him as a pure runner. I loved him coming out. I said he was much better than a fifth-round pick that he went, uh, and I think he's proved that since. But at the same time, the value of a purely running back, not a receiving back. He has offers about as little in the receiving game as you guys know. Of any running back in the NFL, some of the worst hands I've seen from a you know a position player. Uh, just so many drops over his first two seasons, and in 2018, that doesn't have much value. If you're just a purely a good runner, and I'd put him as one of the top five to ten runners in the NFL right now, purely just based on you know handing the ball off to him, he's that good. Uh, but that just doesn't have value. You don't win games by running the football. You win games by being able to pass the football. At a high level, and he doesn't offer. He doesn't bring that to the table. So, in terms of value wise, I, I think Tre Cohen may be a more valuable player in this offense than Dorian Howard is. So, in terms of big money contracts, I would not be willing to shell one out to Jordan Howard.
3: You know, we all know how this works with playoff teams in the NFL. Each year, there's a team that didn't make the playoffs that jumps up and it surprises everyone. Is there a team that you have your eyes on as we head into training camps and head into the preseason that you say that might be the team that jumps into the playoffs that no one's kind of seeing?
8: Uh, well, I, th- I think I feel fairly confident that the Los Angeles Chargers didn't make playoffs last year or make it this year, but that was not really a big, you know, call because they won nine games a season ago. There are a couple teams that I do think uh, that were bad, you know, you know, top ten sort of picks a season ago that I think could jump up. There one, San Francisco 49ers, for obvious reasons. You know, they were a completely different team with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. And now I think they're going to be a completely different defense, adding Richard Sherman uh, there to the fold. And so I think they are one. And then the other one that no one's really sort of talked about is the Denver Broncos. I think they are still – among the best defenses in the NFL, and I don't think you can understate how bad their quarterback play was a season ago. Trevor Simeon was atrocious, and now you go from that to Case Keenum. If he plays anywhere near like he did a season ago, and the AFC is just so weak across the board that I think they could sneak back up to you know 9-7, and 10-6, and, and that could be good enough to make it in the AFC.
4: Which quarterback do you think has the most to prove this season in the NFL?
8: <sighs> That's a good question. And in terms of... For like future contracts, or just in terms of his standing and you know the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks,
4: uh, standing in his hierarchy of the and NFL quarterbacks,
8: I think it's Kirk Cousins then because obviously the contract wise, he's not going to change the money he's getting because it's you know, guaranteed. But uh, I do think going from Washington to Minnesota now with those weapons in a different offense, if he doesn't you know outplay Case Keenum, basically, what Case Keenum did this season ago, if he doesn't take them further into the playoffs, uh, I, I think. It'll be sort of he'll be relegated to that you know, almost QB purgatory sort of level, the Andy Dalton level, where it's like, yeah, you could you could win some games with him, but is this the guy that's going to lead us to a Super Bowl anytime soon? So I do think Kirk Cousins has a lot to prove, uh, even though he's going into a fairly ideal situation there in Minnesota.
4: All right, they don't want me to ask you about it, but I'm a big Bachelorette and Bachelor fan. What do you fans? mean we? We're out of this video now. Hold, so on. We, I gotta we, ask, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's
3: not that we didn't want you to no, ask. No, no, it's we fine. We just wanted to address some football You got football all your first. football questions <laughs> okay, out right, of the way. Right, so now
4: I can ask tomorrow like night. Mike,
3: so it, The <laughs> men will tell all.
4: So I'm going to ask you, do you think Jordan had anything to do with David breaking his face?
8: <laughs> I do not think so. I was actually in the room. Uh, I was actually in the bed, like, literally right next to us across a – a, a, wall, a wall, so I was in the other room right next to him, on the, uh, and I heard, I was awake, and I heard a thump, and it was unmistakable, I'm like someone just hit, you know, the ground, like someone fell off a bunk bed and rocked themselves, uh, went over there, and he's shaking on the ground, bleeding, but Jordan was not in that room, Jordan was in the room on the other side of the house, so uh, I, have, I have no reason to believe Jordan was responsible.
3: So, so, Mike, tell us about this, because uh, you're there for the filming, you're there for the whole process. Take us behind the scenes. What's it like to be on one of these shows? Uh, it was so
8: much weirder than you'd ever expect. Things take, just in filming in general, took way longer than you'd ever think. So the first like, rose ceremony, where uh, it probably took it that, just her handing out the roses was almost like an hour hour of time and you're there it's light out that first night when you're actually get done with the rose ceremony it's like 9 a.m so it was uh it was just a weird experience all around <laughs> it can't really describe it unless you actually live through it
3: yeah right like especially since you have to like do you guys have to uh Reshoot these conversations that you have, or is it all just off the cuff? And they, if everything goes well, then they use that, or is it like, Oh, you guys didn't really, uh, say what you needed to say here. So, so re-say these lines and, and they'll,
8: they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll ask you to re-say some stuff. They'll say, they'll like ask you to verbatim say these words if you want, uh, but you don't have, you know, you never have to do anything. It won't make right. you do anything, but yeah, and they'll like give you, they'll put you on a couch and say, Hey, talk about this. And so it's, uh, it's, it's reality TV, but it's, you know, it's rea- it's reality in quotation marks. Yeah, right,
4: right. If you know, you don't have to tell us, but if you don't, who do you think uh, Becca picks?
8: I know, so I can't. Ah, okay. Come on, I don't know. He <laughs> might not know. Can't out it. He come might
4: on. not know. That's fine. He doesn't have to tell us. I thought he might not know.
8: I'm, I'm, they're both good guys, so I'm friends with both of them, so whoever does, <laughs> win. I want uh,
2: to ask. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you one question, and that is uh, did you ever see the show Unreal? With Constant Zimmer, which is basically, I have not. Okay, it's basically no. based on these kind of shows. Yeah, okay, I've heard. Yeah, 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 I was just wondering how how close that show was to what exactly goes through it.
8: But I've, I've heard it is. I yeah. like just from reading about it, I have heard that that's fairly similar or well, fairly accurate.
2: Well,
3: but, we appreciate you coming on the talk football for the majority of the conversation, <laughs> and then and then filling. Thank you, you for indulging in me the, in yeah. my
8: bachelorette questions. I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Mike. Mike Renner from, uh, Pro Football Focus. Again, on Twitter, it's at PFF or you can go to ProFootballFocus.com and uh, check out their stuff. You can get a subscription. They have awesome stuff. I wrote, I put a list together. They have the Bears offensive line ranked 13th, secondary 16th, pass rush 30th, run defense 9th. So. Interesting. So we'll see how that plays out. And, we, we'll, we you know, they break it down each and every game. They got mm-hmm. some great stuff today. If you're following them, they talk about uh, how Stefan Diggs ran six corner routes last year. He was six for six for three touchdowns and 100 and some odd yards. And uh, it's great the way they break these things down. It's unbelievable with the analytics in football.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's why, you know, with uh, pro football, focus uh Abdallah and i follow football outsiders which they do the dboa rankings mm-hmm. and you know it's always fun to take all these stats and try and figure out okay who's the team that's going to jump into right. the playoffs i think you know he mike's not the only one i think everyone's kind of on the 49ers right yeah, we, are. we all assume that the 49ers are that team that didn't make the playoffs last year they have the quarterback they look good at the end of the season they're the team that will make that jump right i, I will tell you right now and I do not expect anything from Richard Sherman.
2: No, um, no, 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 no. No. no, 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 no. And if anybody is thinking their secondary is going to be much better because Richard Sherman's there, I don't, you know, don't count on that. I think their secondary wasn't all that bad to start with. And uh, Richard Sherman being there can help uh especially if the people you know the quarterbacks decide to throw the other way but there were people the last couple of years have been throwing at Richard Sherman cuz you were able to beat him the last few sure. years
3: sure and fred but here's the key the key to everything in the NFL fine you can throw on our secondary you can score points but if we get the ball last yeah. the 49ers have a dude who can score with little time and that's Garoppolo and the bears missed out and we all know it and that's what we're going to have to watch going yeah. forward is that is Garoppolo an elite quarterback in the league? I think from what we've seen, it's all pointing that way. Yeah,
2: he's pretty darn good. And uh they're starting to give him some weapons, so that would be interesting. We come back, we get a chance to talk with our weapon, our secret weapon, Nick Friedel.
3: You know, talking about guys who should be on The Bachelorette. I mean, Do we you know Nick and I submitted, no. we, we filled out a profile for oh, Nick a man. couple of years ago and it didn't get through. He'd be perfect. I wonder why. Does
2: anybody else on that show in the history of that show have the laugh he has? No. No, no shot, not, not even close. No right? shots, sparky, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's Black Abdallah Hubner. No more Bachelorette <laughs> talk unless Nick's going to bring it up. We come back after this on ESPN One Thousand.
3: Almost the entire preseason. Buccaneers rookie via the uh, twelfth overall pick in this year's draft carted off the field today with a leg injury. It is not clear at this point, according to the team, how the injury happened or how much time he may miss. Golf. Dustin Johnson in a, is among those tied for the lead at the canadian open daniel suarez has the pole for the monster energy cup race at pocono raceway
0: the cubs and cardinals one of baseball's best rivalries and they go head-to-head in st louis this weekend coverage begins tonight at 7 eastern on espn radio and on espn presented by indeed Please. This is Chicago's Game
9: Day. I've made it a point to go try and see all the festivals that I've been missing in Chicago.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. It's summer. That means we got to buy fireworks.
9: There's always something going on. I think I may go hit the Old yeah. Town, is it the Star Art Fest? Fair, yeah. Street Fair. Yeah. There's, there's got to be something going on every day. All right.
0: Everybody in the pool! <laughs> this is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
2: We can never get enough of our guy, Nick Friedel, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner. Except right before the segment, I know, I'm talking out of school. Black looked at me and said, I don't want to talk to Nick. That's because he's a bad guy. Nick, can you, can you believe, this is a
4: bad guy. Can you believe
2: Black would say something like that? Yes. <laughs> yes,
6: of course,
9: of course. But I'm glad you're back, Freddie. They need you. They need you to balance. Power isn't all there without you for that 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 burst of of balance between the uh, the the big duo. My man, Mister Black, and my man, Mister Abdallah.
2: Well, it's, it's it's always fun sitting in with these guys. I'm learning something on a weekly basis. Do you know what what's, it, what's the name of the show we were talking about earlier, or the the game we were talking Overwatch. about? Overwatch. You know what Overwatch is? I've never heard of that in my life. Okay, then I I like you even more, Nick. But there you go. Yeah it's it's a it's a video game that I guess people sit around and watch other people play.
0: Oh, why would the hell
4: would anybody want to do that?
3: <sighs> well, Nick, there are people that enjoy watching the competition of esports. Yeah,
4: ask ask some of the guys of the teams you cover.
9: Well, oh, this is like Fortnite.
3: Yeah, like Fortnite. Yeah, 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 yeah.
9: Well, hey, to each their own. Everybody's got their own, their own hobby. I'm surprised you own didn't own have to write to like a Fortnite that.
4: piece when you were in Vegas.
9: No, thank God. I had to stand in the schmooze pit. I was telling you guys a few weeks ago. That's what it's that called. One came out well though.
4: The schmooze yeah. pit. I called it the what? The square of silence or something <laughs> like that. It's called the schmooze pit. <laughs> And, and what and what happens there exactly for those who missed it last week?
2: Thanks, so thanks for in the
9: Schmooze Pit in Vegas, everybody stands and BS's for hours at a time, and the, the this because the entire league is out there now. Right, every, everybody is is just hanging out. The people that don't have jobs are looking for jobs. The people that do have jobs are trying to run away from this little area behind the basket in the Thomas and Mack Center. But there's a whole lot of a whole lot of BS going uh, in that in that little corner of the arena, and it is comical watching all the people go in and out for days at a time.
2: Huh? It's yeah, kind of like the baseball winter meetings. People that are looking for jobs, they go down to the baseball winter meetings and the hang lobby. around. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know that, because they used to have those in Orlando all the time. So next year... Yeah, I had to go a couple times. Yeah, next year, believe it or not, Las Vegas gets the 2018 baseball winter meetings. So there's Oh, gonna man, be well,
9: that... I'll volunteer myself for that <laughs> one in case anybody needs some help.
2: Exactly. There's no doubt about that. They had them in Nashville a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a good time. So, so what, uh, you know, I picked up my paper the other day, and I saw Denzel Valentine on the cover, and it talked about how... Uh, since the end of the season, his ranking with the Bulls has just dropped, uh, precipitously because of everybody they've picked up. Uh, what do you expect from a Denzel Valentine as the Bulls are going forward with this guy?
9: Uh, not much, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a, I had a couple of friends of mine that were at the Drew League.
3: Yeah, I saw the video
9: last, yeah, last weekend in, uh, in LA. Uh, and for those that don't know, the Drew League is, Uh, like a pickup league in in Southern California in the L.A. area that's been going on for a lot of years. And a lot of pros come in and try to get some some run in and and some work during the summer. And Denzel Valentine, it wasn't just my two buddies that saw it. He was awful. (laughs) I mean, he was terrible. So he's got some work he's got to do in uh, the next few months here to get ready for the season. But the reality is uh, he just hasn't been very good. Uh, his first couple years since leaving Michigan State. Uh, And, you know, this is a league where you've got to be pretty athletic and cover a lot of spots defensively, and you've got to be able to knock down open shots. Denzel Valentine is not very athletic, and he has not knocked down shots consistently. That is not a good combination, uh, especially for a Bulls team that's trying to, to build its core with a young group that needs to space the floor.
3: Well, Nick, uh, people were sending me videos from the Drew League of uh, Denzel just getting roasted on defense by dudes who aren't even in the league. I mean, his defensive <laughs> side of the ball is going to be the problem, isn't it? I mean, he needs to make shots, but how can you play if you can't even stop guys who aren't even in the league?
9: Chris, this is the issue this Bulls team is going to have, and I understand the optimism from fans with this group of of younger players like Marketing and Carter – and Jabari and Levine, look, I got it. On paper, they could be fun to watch. The reality in this new era of the NBA is if you're not knocking down shots at an extremely high level, you've got to be able to play some defense. And this this goes much deeper than Denzel Valentine, but he's obviously a part of it because the Bulls need to see what they've got in year three and if it's any different than the first couple years. But, this Bulls team just it just does not feel like they're going to be able to defend much. So while they might be entertaining in the sense that they go score one fifteen or one twenty a night, if you're losing repeatedly, that's not very much fun for anybody. So uh, I I just I don't buy that the core employees is going to have uh, a major amount of success next season. But I am waiting to see how it it plays out once it begins and. And we'll see what happens over time. But, you know, Valentine on the roster, along with Felicio and Payne, ay, ay, I mean, those, those guys right there, that is, that is not uh, the type of bench support you want to have uh, if you're Fred Hoiberg.
4: So before Chris and I started the show at 8 o'clock this morning, Chris asked me, is Nick even here? What is he even doing? So, Nick, are you even here? What have you been doing?
9: I am in Geneseo, Illinois right now, my friend. The shout hell? out to my man shout out to my man Lee Fluke who is celebrating his seventieth birthday party or birthday on Tuesday, but we had the big birthday party last night and it was awesome to be in a small town because as you guys know, I grew up in Orlando. And I have been living in Chicago now for about nine years. So to be able to come back the Geneseo uh, and roll down Main Street, go check out a few bars, and then hit the donut shop on the way out of town. Uh, it was a it was a really cool weekend for me. Don't where
2: don't is th- that? I don't don't you think everybody should have a have a weekend in a small town? Yeah,
9: absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And Geneseo is cool because like there's about two streets uh, where everything happens. And we got Geneseo. pizza delivered at like midnight, uh, and. And you're thinking, wow, this is pretty awesome for a change of pace uh, for a little while. So uh, anybody who's looking to check out a small town, I took the train from Union Station to Princeton. Uh, my buddy came and picked me up. Uh, and then we just started rolling. And here we are.
2: Yeah, it sounds like the town, you watching Sharp Objects on uh, HBO. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that kind of town. Dude, yeah. you're
4: almost in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: know, right. I know, I know. Near the Quad
9: Cities, they got a, they got a lot of cool spot uh, stops. I found out that the, the biggest, the, the biggest truck stop
2: is oh miles away.
4: Uh, there's a there's a casino in uh, Bettendorf, Iowa that I convinced my uh, brother-in-law to split tens. Nick.
8: Oh God,
4: they, they,
9: have you mentioned this on the air before? You've never, you've never
3: split tens ever. I don't think I've told the never, splitting ten story. Well, you know Abdallah, oh. Nick. He uh, he says, "Why do we gamble if you're not going to gamble?" Did you, yeah. s- did you split tens? Oh. Yeah. So, so we, were, so we were in
4: Vegas once, and uh, I had never played blackjack before, and so we started playing blackjack. And he was like, "Split 8s. and I was like, "Okay, split eights Oh, seven, split sevens. I'm like, "Okay, split 7s. So I got two tens. I go, "Split them right." He was like, "No," I go, "But why?" I have two tens. I could get two more tens. Yes, and so I I split. He goes, "Don't do it." So I split (laughs) them, and I got one on both. I got a. Well, I got a twenty-one. I got another ten. So then I, so I go, well, I'm splitting them again. Let's do this. <laughs> so, so I split them again. I wanted all three. So a couple weeks ago, I'm in, I'm in, uh, Bettendorf, Iowa for a funeral and it's the same weekend as the John Deere classic. So the only hotel room we could get as a reasonable price is in the casino. So my brother in law is like, well, let's go, let's go gamble. I'm like, all right, let's go. So he'd never played blackjack before okay. either. So he's sitting next to me. It's just him and I at a, at, at a table and he does the same thing. Gets eights. I go, split them. He splits them. He goes, gets, and then he gets, uh, um, Uh, tens he goes i should split them and i go all right yes but never ever do it again Uh don't ever do this again so he does it and the same thing happens he got a 21 and then he hit uh he got another 10 split them got another 21 and then got an 18 and the dealer busted and he won on all of them and i go that was great never ever do it again
2: yeah, I, I know the rules. My, my, my brother did the same thing. It was me and him early morning playing in in uh, Tahoe, and we're sitting down. And my brother splits tents, and the dealer goes, "You know, you shouldn't do that." And my brother goes, "It's my hand. Just deal them exactly." And he won on all of it. He said, "See," and she goes, "But you're not." He goes, "I understand what you're not supposed to do." He said, "But you know, but if you're, but Nick, I agree. If you're sitting with someone and they they split tents, and they take the card, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. That's why I told him never to do it. But right. I'm sitting next to him. It's just him and I at the table."
0: Yeah,
9: I'm getting queasy listening to that. story again.
3: <laughs> Friend, I, I will I mean, say being the one that's sitting there watching this, oh, watching Nick's oh, face when Abdallah does this oh, I, stuff. I can imagine it's. Uh, I won't
4: do on, it with on, other on, people hold. at the table. I'm very considerate of that. I will do it only when it is just me, or I have Nick's blessing, and he's sitting to my right, so I don't take his <laughs> I, cards.
1: I, I, I was gonna
9: say we need to, if we're veering off the onto the blackjack track here. We need to remind everybody of the last time I was in Vegas with you, where we did sit. And and Mr. Abdallah, to his credit, would look at me and be like, all right, what should I do here? And I would just keep saying hit, because I'm one of those guys who always hits on 16. And I, I believe you guys not. Guys, this kid, he had a 15. I would say, okay, you got to do it. And he would get a six. He would have a 16. He would get a five. I've never seen somebody catch cards in one sitting at a blackjack table, like Adam Abdallah did on some random Saturday night in Vegas,
2: it's a very it was good night, night at the Cosmo. That's nice. Very good night at Cosmo. That's very very nice. So Nick, are you back in town for Lollapalooza? Or are you are you skipping <laughs> that?
9: I'm I'm going to be back. I'm going to the Foo Fighters tonight, guys. Okay, oh.
2: okay, that should be good. Back to back nights with them today and tomorrow. So,
9: Foo Fighters, and then I'm going to meet my niece on tuesday night in orlando so it's a big
2: week for me congratulations nick we'll thank we'll, you we'll let you go on that point are you back from geneseo now or are, you, are you no we're we're on the way back okay. we're making the trek back okay well I have a safe for anybody trip back. that ever goes to geneseo
9: there was a there was a hell of a good donut on main street i had a cherry donut this that, morning, a cherry
3: so there donut. you go thanks nick thank you appreciate it buddy Nick, You're welcome. We'll talk to Bye you soon. Guys. We appreciate it. All right. All right, Nick Friedel. Now, now that our listening audience is asleep, well, uh, you, you,
2: get, I mean, you see, but but but,
3: I mean, it, come on, you
2: never know what's going to happen on that. I had no idea we were going to get into splitting tens when we went. there. Yeah, I Hill. mean,
3: that, that's a fine antidote that Abdallah yeah. brought to the table. but, but, but what did uh, I didn't cure anything. Well, what did, what did Nick bring? <laughs> well, I'm sure you tried. he tried to cure the interview. He did. He did. <laughs> We come back. We'll get you ready. We'll get you ready for the rest of the day,
2: and uh,
6: we'll go from there.
2: It's Black Abdallah Hubner right here on ESPN
0: One Thousand. This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN One Thousand at ESPNChicago.com.
2: Welcome back in, Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, <laughs> Fred Hubner. And anybody that follows me on Facebook, I tweeted out nine minutes of family feud and newlywed game humor. And I know I said, I know I'm old, but this is funny. If you have, like, nine minutes in your life, just watch it. I was literally... My wife... I was upstairs. I was in the basement. She said, what were you
4: laughing about?
2: <laughs> she could hear me all the way downstairs despite the fact she had the TV on and I had the TV on downstairs. And uh it's just some of the funniest stuff. When you're so. under
4: that kind of pressure, though, you I just know. say the first thing that jumps into your head because you want to try to make... Money or whatever, and you're on camera, and you don't know how stressed yeah. you're going to be. It's it's what, nuts. One
2: of the, the questions for uh, for Family Feud was they asked they asked a guy what is what is something that would keep you inside on a beautiful spring day, and he said uh, a rainstorm. <laughs> okay, well that was not the right answer. Uh, we want to thank Jesse Rogers, John Moon, Mullen, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, Nick Friedel, Felix Reyes, Eric Ostrowski, and you two guys. Is always nice to be back with you, Adam Abdallah. And uh, Chris Black. Fred Huebner with you. Hey, Cubs tonight. Yeah, right and baseball. Fred, have a good day. Yep, you too. Thanks for listening here on ESPN 1000.